on this island of adventure, the times are about to change. Answer the call. The American Nightmare. The Beast Incarnate. This is going to be a night for the ages. Bad Body Hosts. WWE Backlash. Live from Puerto Rico. All right. So let's talk about uh, the all-in stuff. And wh where are we at ticket sales-wise today? I do not know. Um, a number. I'm sure it'll be tweeted. I actually... Um, yeah, it, it's 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 hard to get. I mean, it's 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 over sixty. I mean, I know that. So I mean, it could be, you know, whatever. It's it's over sixty. Could be over sixty five by now. Do not know. But um, uh, it is probably either the it, it's it, this or the twenty sixteen Mania in Dallas would be the fastest selling pro wrestling tickets in history. So just being mentioned along the lines of, you know, I mean, well ahead of, um, well, not well ahead, but ahead of Wembley in 92, ahead of WrestleMania 3, um, ahead of every other WrestleMania other than the Dallas. So um, that is, uh, it's incredible. It's an incredible story. I mean, it's funny because somebody, somebody on Twitter just wrote to me and said, like, you know, if you go back to the start, I mean, like, this would be the movie. And it really would. I mean, because of, you know, it's not all positive. I mean, the the idea of what, um, you know, the Young Bucks and Cody started and then the meeting of Tony with Tony Khan and the building of this company and getting to this date with Cody gone and, and all of the stuff that happened over the last year. I mean, it is an, an incredible story. Um, and the success, you know, I mean, when, when they booked Wembley, stadium and they announced on that show you know i mean i it was funny because at first that day before the tv show somebody had mentioned wembley and i go oh fuck not again uh, they're going to run wembley arena it's like they're going to sell that out so quick and I'm that's, gonna I, that's what i thought too i thought it was the arena yeah i was so so mad because i always you know every time like there's no doubt in my mind that if they had run a stadium in la you know they'd have done um you know 25 to thirty thousand. Um, I know for sure if they would have run the um, stadium, which they couldn't get in Toronto, but they would have gotten, you know, easily 25 to 30,000. Um, and I thought in England, you know, they would get easily 25,000, maybe 30. Um, when they did the stadium, it was like, wow, that is a gamble, but it's a smart gamble. And it's one that they needed to do. And the idea, you know, a lot of people, you know, the, the draw, it's a really interesting draw here because the draw is, AW is the primary draw, you know, the fact that they haven't been there. But the idea that they booked Wembley in and of itself made it a draw, sort of like when AEW, for example, runs its first show in Madison Square Garden, if it ever gets the rights to do that and wants to do that because it's a heavy cost and they probably could make more profit running Arthur Ashe anyway, so they may never want to do Madison Square Garden. But if they could, they will sell out because it's the first time AEW's in Madison yeah. Square Garden. And they'll sell out at really high ticket prices if they want to do that. Um, just because of the ve the venue, in this case, is a big part of the draw. If they would, because people are going like, well, they could have run Tottenham, and it's like that does not that's not going to be the draw that Wembley is going to be. Um, so 
they had that going for them as well. You know, I mean, I've thought a lot about this, and I mean, it's 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 an amazing, amazing story. I mean, in the Observer, you know, I go through all the biggest gates in history, and you know, we're talking about all of these giant shows, you know, like you know those giant Jim Londo shows, which which they won't be one of them, but they're in the realm of that, and they're in the realm of all those you know WrestleManias and and you know Brett and Davy and all that, and you know we're we're, we're talking about this show with no matches announced, you know, which, and, and again, yes, WrestleMania draws big with no matches announced, but WrestleMania in and of itself is a giant draw. All in is not WrestleMania yet. Maybe, maybe this will be the start of something. And obviously he's big on traditions, but, uh, you know, I mean, it, it can, this, this accomplishment, it was, it was a big gamble. It paid off gigantic. Um, it doesn't, you know, one thing I want to bring up is that it is it is gigantic it is historical and all that it doesn't mean that this is a, a turnaround or anything like that it doesn't mean that like you know um it's all it's all smooth sailing now if they get a great television deal it's all smooth sailing from there that's that's it this show itself is a great positive but it's not you know i mean i i keep thinking about like you know different territories and different places that did giant stadium shows and they didn't necessarily lead to increases, you know, in business afterwards. In fact, in most cases, um, they decreased a lot. You know, I mean, one of the things with Sam Mushnick that, you know, that, that Sam and Larry used to always talk to me about, because they never ran bigger than, you know, the, the checker dome, you know, which is now, um, you know, well, what, you know, it's not, it's, you know, the, 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 the big arena that was in their, in their era, which was 19,000. And they had shows that could have, you know, gone outside and like Sam Mustard's retirement show, they probably could have done 25, 30,000 people. But the idea was, is they never wanted to go that big because they never wanted, they, they didn't want the follow-up stuff to go down. That's um, why, you know, there was a lot of, there were times where um, in the Bruno reign where, where they could have booked the Spiros Arion and Bruno San Martino or um, Billy Graham and Bruno San Martino and, and, and not gone to Madison Square Garden, but they didn't want to, um, you know, they, they did take the risk for the Ali Anoki, um, and they did take the risk for Bruno and Zabisco because they knew that would be so huge, which is a funny one because Vince Sr. was actually against that feud, and then he ended up booking Shea Stadium. <laughs>
Now this Friday night on SmackDown, things got a little crazy and shook the WWE right down to its foundation. Tonight, I'm sure, will be no different. But before we get into the fun, let's set some ground rules. All remaining undrafted WWE superstars on Raw and SmackDown are subject to the possibility of transferring to other brands. Half the roster, half the roster was drafted on Friday. The remaining half will be drafted here tonight. Now, as a result of the undisputed WWE Universal Champion Roman Reigns being drafted to SmackDown, As a result of his being drafted to SmackDown, we will be crowning a new World Heavyweight Champion. That title and its holder will be exclusive to Monday Night Raw. Now, out of everybody that is draft eligible tonight, will we see a new champion emerge from these superstars? Now before we get started, there is one superstar that is not eligible to be drafted tonight and that is the beast, Brock Lesnar. Earlier today, Brock Lesnar renegotiated his status as a free agent and thus can appear on any brand at any time. Now in addition, select superstars from NXT are eligible to be drafted to either Raw or SmackDown. And these new rosters will go into effect Monday, March 8th, right after Backlash. But enough about the rules. Let's get to drafting. Are you ready? I said, are you ready? Then, in the first round of night two, of the 2023 draft, Monday Night Raw selects the Eradicator, the SmackDown Women's Champion, Rhea Ripley. What a start for Monday Night Raw in the draft. Of the utmost importance of SmackDown taking the EST, the Raw Women's Champion, Bianca Belair. Well done, Rhea stays on Raw. SmackDown selects and secures the United States Championship by selecting Austin Theory. What a sounding picture for SmackDown. I'm not going to lie, this one stings. The future is bright. Friday night SmackDown looking towards securing their future in Austin Theory. The Monday Night Raw selects this is a good one 
He is a revolutionary. He is a visionary. Seth freaking Rollins. Yes, a thousand times yes. Two-time Grand Slam champion in WWE. Seth freaking Rollins is staying alive. What's going on guys welcome back to part two of the main event talk podcast backlash weekend i am the main event player the super secret himself from a torch coming back at you the god of my gods the king of my kings the coolest son of a motherfucking bitch walking god's green earth so before we go ahead and get into what we need to talk about as far as part two goes let's get into what we need to talk about as far as what we've done for part one now as you guys know i had put several recordings out Several that I've been working with within the past couple of weeks and I've never had an opportunity to air them out until last, well, until yesterday. I was going to say last night, but I don't know why. <laughs> but anyways, uh, I had an opportunity to get those um, comments out of the way and you'll hear them on part one of the Main Event Talk podcast backlash weekend. So you guys know about that. You guys know about se- several things I talked about, including All In, which by the way, and if you just heard this just a moment ago on the Wrestling Observer Radio, so apparently the ticket sales went up like crazy. I mean, I uh, as I mentioned on part one, the ticket sales were around thirty-five thousand, right? That was that was. Let's see, I believe it was either Wednesday or Tuesday when I said that. I think, if I'm not mistaken. So, all of a sudden, it went from that to a higher number. We'll talk about that higher number in just a moment. Uh, but on this episode, we're going to go ahead and talk uh, a lot more about Backlash. I'm going to give you my insights on each of the matches, including Brock Lesnar taking on Cody Rhodes, including the United States Tank, uh, the United States Championship being on the line in a triple threat match, Austin Theory, Bronson Reed, and Bobby Lashley being involved. We'll also talk about the uh, SmackDown Women's, uh, the SmackDown Women's, uh, championship, the Raw Women's Championship, the six-man tag, and of course the San Juan Street Fight that's going to happen between Bad Bunny and uh, Damian Priest. And I think, uh, I don't know if this is official or not, but I had mentioned that I think the main event is going to be the, the six-man tag, but I think it's now been switched over to Bad Bunny taking on Damian Priest. I believe that's the main event. Now, we'll have to look into the press conference again to find out. Now, the press conference took place just yesterday. 
you're going to hear some of that press conference right here on the Main Event Talk podcast. And also, we're going to get into the draft. Uh, Night two of the draft took place this past Monday night on Monday Night Raw. We're going to play some of that for you in just a moment. Now, there are a couple things that you need to know about on this episode besides Backlash. And uh, this is the anticipation that everyone's been waiting for. And and I I know some people are wondering, okay, what are you talking about? Okay, so... I've been wanting to do this one part for a while. Now, you know how normally I would go ahead and do the whole music thing and, you know, play whatever, and then we move on to the next uh, item up for bids and the price is right, right? Now, so this past, uh, I think it was a couple of weeks ago, I believe it was on April 22nd, I believe, uh, the main event made an appearance over at Richard's Billiards, and I wanted to show up at an event called Battle of the Bands, presented by Emo Knight, right? Now, in this particular Battle of the Bands, whoever won this Battle of the Bands, there was about at least maybe four bands that are that have participated in this event, right? Now, one of them, one of those bands is... Uh, my good friends, the Conscientious, right, which features my good friend, Homestar Runner, the singer, the best, uh, the uh, greatest, greatest musician of all time, as I like to call him, right, Hector Juarez. Uh, also included the best drummer on the planet, John Luna, was also involved. Um, I believe, uh, and I and I, and I got to apologize because. I've seen the guy, but I've never really, I've never really interacted with him that much. I've seen him a couple of times. Uh, Shinobi, that's the that's the guitar player's name, if I'm not if I'm not mistaken. Okay, then you have him, and then you have uh, who was the other? Um, let's see, I know John. Lo- oh, oh, that's right, Tommy. I'm so- <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm I'm trying to get everyone's name correctly here on the podcast, so that way you can get it all out of the way here. Okay, so we have Hector as the singer. We have Tommy as guitar player, Shinobi as guitar player, of course, Frank Slabby, Frank Slabby, Roman's, Roman's twin, if you will, <laughs> uh, was playing bass, of course, the best drummer on the planet, John Luna, you can't forget him. Now, the reason why I'm mentioning this band is because I was at the Battle of the Bands, uh, I did a lot of stuff over there uh, that night when they were doing Battle of the Bands. Oh, actually, I'm sorry, it was uh, April the... I believe it was the 15th. It wasn't the 22nd because the 22nd I was uh, checking out the boxing that happened on April 22nd. April the... I believe it was the 15th. Oh, it was the 15th because the 16th I was checking out... I was checking out Rebellion. That's what... Okay, so I, I'm my dates are right on where they need to be at. Okay, so April the 15th was where I was over to check out Battle of the Bands. Now, Conscientious was one of the bands. And I did several things. And by the way, to all of the new subscribers, and yes, there I, I've, I've actually had several new subscribers come in listening to the Main Event Tongue podcast. You guys have seen my reels on there, on Facebook and on Instagram. And you see me post out several things, including several of my Main Event Talk reels. And I wanted you guys to check it out for yourself. So that way you guys will get an opportunity to listen to the Main Event Talk podcast as it goes along. Now, the reason for me putting this 
being there, I, I went ahead and when I was at Battle of the Bands, I recorded several of several of the reels, right? They usually last about a minute and 30 seconds, right? And I put a reel out on each of the bands, right? And I put it out there on my Facebook page for everyone to check out, right? Now, here's the thing. Now, Conscientious was one of them. I got that. But where this is going, let me, let me explain here. I did something, okay? And I think I mentioned this to John Luna. I mentioned this to Hector Juarez. And I mentioned this to everyone else involved. Now, I'm hoping that the members of Conscientious will get an opportunity to listen to this episode of the Main Event Talk podcast. Now, we're going to get into the wrestling and everything else like that. Obviously, we'll do that. But I want to get into this music real quick. Normally, I would go ahead and play something from, say, Shinedown or say play something from uh, Motorhead or Slayer or whatever band that comes along that I want to play on this episode, right? So I decided we're going to go a little bit deeper and play something new for a change. But not only are we going to play something new for a change, it's going to be from Conscientious. Yes, you're going to get a chance to listen to this song as it occurs. This is what I did. So I was up front. I was at the stage right there uh, at Rich's Billiards that Saturday night, right? So they were playing their set. Great set, by the way. Loved how it went down. And then I had this idea and it occurred to me. It's like, wait a minute, wait a minute. I'm up here. I'm up here on the stage. I have my phone on me. And I'm like, and I was as I was thinking about this, I just, it just occurred to me. What if I were to play a live song? of conscientious and play it on the main event talk podcast and i was like wait wait the what what can i do that it's like oh and 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 you know what occurred to me i knew my i knew what my original plan was i and i forgot about this i was gonna try and trust me i didn't want to do it but i thought it'd be awesome to do it i was gonna try and play the entire live set of conscientious and put it here on the Meet of a Talk podcast for everyone to listen to. I guarantee you people would be like, Oh my God, you play this live on this podcast. Oh God. So now I the only one the only song I played was the last song that they played at the at the show. Now I apologize for not knowing what the song is, but I did play that song right as they're about to play because it was gonna be the last song of the night. Uh because Conscientious was the last band that played. Now to, to let everybody know, I know Conscientious did didn't win Battle of the Bands, and that's fine. I vote for I voted for them, by the way. I had ninety percent of the vote. <laughs> but I, I think I think it was, and this is just me talking. All right, I think it was better that Conscientious didn't win because of the magnitude of the because of the magnitude of of emo night, and I, I think. I think me and Chrissy had talked about this, where Emo Night is insane. And I, and I mean insane in a very good way, because, my God, the crowd is insane. They sing along with everything. It's almost like you're in a WWE crowd or an AEW crowd. They'll sing and chant along to anything. That's how it fucking rolls. 
Okay, so with that being said and everything else like that, this is the moment you guys have been waiting for and to conscientious. I'm hoping you guys are listening to this because this is the moment that you have been waiting for because for the first time right here on the Main Event Talk podcast, you're going to hear that live song that I put, that I went ahead and recorded right as they went on stage at Rich's Billiards. This took place live at Rich's Billiards. I hope you enjoy it. I And trust me, once people hear about this song, they're going to be like, dude, you need to do more. <laughs> oh, it'll be incredible. So here it is. This is Conscientious playing live. This is the last song of uh, of the night for Conscientious. Um, like, like I said, I... I apologize for not knowing the song. Knowing Hector, he'll probably tell me what it is. But I'll go ahead and play it for you right here, right now. This took place Saturday night, uh, April the 15th. Battle of the Bands. Conscientious was playing last. So this is the last song from that event. So guys, this is it. Let's not wait anymore from Conscientious Live at Rich's Billiards. Hope you enjoy it.
regards to this show, all you got to do is go over to my email address at themainevent1977 at gmail.com. That's themainevent1977 at gmail.com. And whatever question you have, the main event will be glad to put it right here on the Main Event Talk podcast. And it could be any question that you want to ask. That's themainevent1977 at gmail.com. One more time. The main event, 1977 at gmail.com, and you'll hear it right here on the main event talk podcast. Can you dig it, suckers? The WWE Universe are on their feet right now, though, with a Hall of Famers. With the first pick of the second round, Monday Night Raw selects the undisputed tag team champions, Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn. A sensational pick for Monday Night Raw. The undisputed tag team champions winning the titles at WrestleMania. They've been fighting champions ever since, and they'll get to do their fighting here on Monday Night Raw. SmackDown selects. The ones, Jimmy and Jay, the Usos. Massa pick, Jimmy and Jay, the Usos, joining Roman Reigns on SmackDown. The entire bloodline has been drafted to Friday Night SmackDown, but it still seems to me like there's turmoil. Yeah, yeah, I and Raw selects the trio of Finn Balor, Damian Priest, and Dominic Mysterio. The Judgment Day. The Judgment Day will continue to wreak havoc on Mondays. One of the most dominant factions in recent WWE history, The Judgment Day, doing what they do best on Mondays from here on out. Smackdown selects Santos Escobar, Cruz Del Toro, Joaquin Wilde, Zelina Vega, and WWE Hall of Famer, the master of the 619, Rey Mysterio, the LWO. So Rey Mysterio goes in the opposite direction to his son Dominic as the LWO head to SmackDown. SmackDown going to get a lot of bang for their buck. You got a Hall of Famer in Mysterio, several potential future megastars, and maybe the next Raw Women's Champion, SmackDown Women's Champion in Zelina. Quite the incredible round two of the draft here tonight on Monday Night Raw. The undisputed tag team champions KO and Sammy to Raw Usos to SmackDown. The Judgment Day and LWO. Okay, guys, that was Conscientious playing live over at Rich's Billiards. Uh, Boy, and uh, I must apologize for that because um, I, I was uh, as I was listening to this and everything, I can hear, you know, obviously you can hear the music and everything, which is perfect. Uh, I hear Hector's vocals, but like from the beginning, kind of seems far away, and then as it as it was progressing, then you can hear it just a little bit more, so you kind of have an idea. So I must apologize for that at this time, but nonetheless, that was conscientious playing live over at Richard's Billiards from. A few Saturdays ago, they did not win Battle of the Bands, although I had 90% of the vote. 
<laughs> sort of. Um, yeah, it was um, a great night. Uh, I went ahead and came out there, um, had some new shorts on, had my conscientious shirt on. And uh, Hector had presented me with a, a conscientious uh, koozie, which I have with me today. And um, it's incredible. Uh, they were supposed to have performed over at Boozer's the following week. And I was going to try and go over there for that one. But uh, I had heard that Boozer's had moved from, uh, they were supposed to have gone over in Ayers, uh, Air Street, which is, uh, uh, I would say like five minutes away from where I live at and everything. Uh, it was going to be at this old bar, called, uh, it used to be called Estelle's a long time ago, and all of a sudden uh, Boozer's is playing over there. And my thought, and this is just my thinking here, my thinking is, what the fuck is Boozer's thinking? I mean... <laughs> All due respect, they could have had any other place, any other place but that spot right there. Because, number one, that spot is terrible. It's a very terrible... I can guarantee you right now, it's a terrible spot. But whatever Boozers wants to do, you do what you want. But if everything goes according to plan, then you'll be able to, you know, sulk in and everything. But anyways... Uh, yeah, Conscientious was supposed to have played over there, but it got canceled because they weren't sure exactly where the venue was going to be at, right? So, uh, I was, I, I actually was going to try and head over to the old Boozers because I thought they would be open from there, right? You know, just keep business going and everything. Apparently, when I got there, there was a lot of people over at Boozers, I think just there. I don't know, why, they were just there for some odd reason. I'm not sure what the whole commotion was, but they were just there, right? So, I, I was at Molly's, right? I, I, I know, I know, I was at Molly's. Shh, why? <laughs> so, I was at Molly's first, hanged out there for about maybe an hour or two, and then I decided I was going to head over to Bruges for a while just to hang out over there, but the place was still close, but there was a lot of people outside, which I didn't know what the commotion was. So, then I decided, okay, fuck it, I'll go to my usual spot, I had the Theos and everything else like that, you know, just hang there for a while, nothing big, nothing, nothing too trenuous and everything, so it was okay. So, yeah, it would have been nice if we would have saw Conscientious play over there at Boozers, because I, I already had another idea about recording another song live and just put it out there for the, uh, for my Minute Talk podcast to put together. So, whew, boy, that was... Um, Incredible right there. But nonetheless, guys, I hope you have enjoyed that song and everything. Check out Conscientious on Facebook. You can also follow them on Instagram as well. And I believe you can... Let's see. Instagram and Facebook. I I don't think they have a Twitter. Not that I'm aware of and everything else like that. But you can follow them anywhere you want and listen to the music that they played. I guarantee you, you'll love the stuff that they do. Especially when you got the best drummer on the planet, John Luna... The greatest vocalist of all time and Hector Juarez, a.k.a. Homestar Runner. One of the best bass players going today in Frank Slabby. Two of the best guitar players going in Shinobi and Tom Tommy Martinez. And who did I leave out? I mentioned the best drummer on the planet, right? Yep, that's what I did. Okay. <laughs> it was incredible. Okay, so let's get into what we need to talk about here on this episode. Okay, so... We talked about, um, let's see, we talked about the all-in concept, and I wanted to go ahead and uh, 
And while I'm thinking about it, okay, so as I mentioned at the very beginning of part one, that the all-in ticket sales were around somewhere close to 35,000, right? And when you heard, uh, in uh, several of the recordings I put together, I had said that, okay, if they reach somewhere around, say, 60, 65,000, okay, that's pretty decent. If they go 75, uh, 70,000, it'll be like, oh, sh- oh cool, not bad. 75,000, it'd be like, oh, damn. 80,000, I'd be like, oh, shit, you know? I, I mentioned something like that. So, this is what I'm looking at now. So, they have mentioned the ticket says, and I'm looking at the Forbes uh, website right here, and let's look at it for what it is right now. Okay, so this is what I'm reading. All, uh, AEW All In explodes to over, you ready for this? 60,000 tickets sold at Wembley Stadium. 60,000 tickets. Now, keep in mind that we're, we're in, let's see, this is May 6th right now. And we have until August 27th to see how all this is going to turn out, right? Now, for, and, and unfortunately, I'm going to have to do this because it's true. I'm going to have to commend Tony Khan for pulling such a big, big statement here. Because, listen, All In is going to be a good show, right? All In is going to be a great show, especially when it comes to... Especially when it comes to them being over at Wembley Stadium, especially when it comes to them being over in London, England. Now, if they, if they manage to put 90,000 people or more, because that could happen, 90,000 or more over at Wembley Stadium before the 27th, it will be a complete sellout. Now, I have no doubt now more than ever that it is going to be a complete sellout. All right. Now, you've heard what Dave Meltzer has to say, and Dave Meltzer... Uh, usually Dave Meltzer is very correct on everything that he says, but sometimes there are certain things that I question about what he talks about. Now, what do I think of this whole thing? Uh, 60,000 tickets is incredible. 60,000, just like that. That's about, let me see. Um, I think they had, let's see. Okay, check it out. Okay, so this is exactly what the... What it says here. It says, AEW All In uh, continues to inch towards history as AEW looks uh, to disrupt the wrestling bit. I don't know if they're disrupting the wrestling business. They're making history, but they're not disrupting anything for shit. But anyways, um, look looks to disrupt the wrestling business just like its spiritual predecessor All In in 2018. I'm sorry. Uh, first day pre-sales produced a gigantic 36,000 tickets sold and the number later ballooned to 50,000 as of Thursday, which was just a couple of days ago. Uh, let's see, and this is the whole thing that Tony Khan had mentioned. I'm not going to... Oh, oh, okay, this is what it says here. Uh, Tony Khan, this is what his tweet says in a quote, Thanks for the amazing support from our fans. AEW All in London at Wembley Stadium hit 50,000 tickets uh, tickets sold 
at 5.2 million, or uh, I think in England it's 5.2 pounds, if that's correct. And in, uh, let's see, it says here 6.5 million, remarkably all 50K tickets sold have been in the pre-sale. The general ticket on sale begins tomorrow. With great seats opening opening up, uh, AEW President Tony Khan tweeted after successful second day pre-sale tickets. Khan later updated to the count to 60,000 tickets sold in a live gate increasing to 7.7 million. That is incredible. Incredible right there. So let's see right here. Let's continue on here. Uh, Friday marks the first day of general uh, general sales with AEW already more than doubling the record. More uh, Most tickets sold for a live show in addition to record-breaking metrics in live gate revenue. Tony Khan last update was 50,000 sold with today's sales. I believe the number will be... Well done, 60,000 wrote the Wrestle Tickets tweet account Friday morning. That's what it is. Okay, so, uh, and big congratulations. Big congratulations to Tony Khan for that success and everything else like that. Now, uh, I, I'm not going to make the next prediction here because it's already sur- uh, surpassing everything that I've talked about. Okay, so they can possibly reach 90,000. They can I said that they can't because of the horrible booking that they've put together. Now, speaking of the horrible booking, what in the world do they actually have planned as far as Wembley Stadium goes? What's the plan? How are they going to do it? Who's going to be involved? You know, they mentioned what happened back in 2018. Now, a 2018 at the time, the all-in concept, and I remember that whole deal. I didn't see all of the all-in uh, event. The only ones that I remember quite well uh, were the women's and the NWA World Heavyweight Championship. When you had, um, let's see, when you had Nick Aldis, who was the World Heavyweight Champion, going one-on-one against Cody Rhodes who was a part of this whole all-in concept at the time. Now, I'm not sure how this is going to work now, because originally when it was first put together, it was put together obviously by by Cody, by Kenny Omega, by the Young Bucks, you know, trying to put all this together, right? And then he add, had the addition of Tony Khan getting involved, and then he had... Uh, Ring of Honor involved, New Japan Pro Wrestling involved. You had Ring of Honor involved, Impact Wrestling, and everything else like that in that particular nature. Now, the only thing, and the NWA as well, let's add them to the whole sequel here. I'm trying, and it's just one of those things in wrestling where they they sold out Madison Square Garden, okay, in 2018 which was incredible because I didn't think they could do... Well, actually, let me correct that. I think they could do it. It's just a matter of, okay, uh, you know, why, how, and what's the point of it? You know, that's that's the kind of the big idea. Because 
the All In was basically AEW didn't exist at the time. Okay, back in 2018, there was a bit of existence coming into this All In concept, but it wasn't going to be. Um, it wasn't going to be like, oh, this is big, this is huge, yada yada yada, blah blah blah. I'm looking at this as, okay, what are we looking at? How is this going to work and everything? They had a few good matches set for the all-in concept, right? But when they were prepared to set for all elite wrestling, then it became something big, okay? Now, it's... So all... So AEW went big by trying to put this all-in concept in Madison Square Garden back in 2018. And it was a big deal. Now they want to try and do it again, but this time at a bigger venue over in London, England. Now, what match comes to mind for all-in? Obviously, there's one match that comes to mind for everyone, especially when it comes to the Especially when it comes to the um, whole thing with AEW. The one match that I think everyone wants to see, and it's been talked about before, is the elite, Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks taking on CM Punk and FTR. That should be your biggest draw. That should be your biggest match to take place in there. However, I know, and everybody else knows, that this match is not going to happen, and I don't think it'll happen, because of the the backstage politics and the whole uh, forwards-backwards type situation here. We all know about the media scrum. I don't have to explain to you about that. We all know about what had happened and everything else like that. Suspensions here, titles being taken away from here. The only thing that's bad is the fact that AEW, at this point in time right now, despite the fact that their ticket sales are going real good at AEW's All In, Dynamite, and I'll mention this right here right now, Dynamite, let me see if I can find, because I saw, let's see, Dynamite, okay. Okay, so the Dynamite ratings. Let me see if I can find. Okay, so. Okay, so what I'm trying to look for is um, the ratings here. Let me see if we can find. Because the ratings I saw for... The ratings that I saw for this uh, deal from this past Wednesday, my God, it was terrible. It was so terrible. I cannot believe. Mm-hmm. Okay, here we go. I think this is right. Let's see what we have here. AEW. Oh. This wasn't exactly what I was looking for. All right, here we go. It says here, AEW Dynamite falls into its lowest viewership in 2023. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, it, 
it was that terrible. So let me see if we could pick up the numbers here. If we can. Okay, here we go. So, now keep in mind this is from uh, Show Buzz Daily. Now, Dynamite's pay per view or Dynamite's um, ratings have always been somewhere, uh, it used to be somewhere around 1.3 to 900,000 viewers around there. That is what its highest was. All right. It's never gone to 2.4 or 2 million or 3 million of any kind and you don't expect it to, you know? The lowest it's been is 7,076, uh, 776,000 viewers for a 0.28 rating point in the 18 to 49 year old demographic. Now this is terrible. This is bad for what it is. And listen, AEW has an event coming up uh, in uh, Memorial Day weekend, which you know, and there's a lot of stuff that's going to be happening on Memorial Day weekend. Double or Nothing is going to take place on Memorial Day weekend, right? Also, also Battleground is supposed to take place on the same night as Double or Nothing, and also we have Night of Champions that's going to happen on Saturday on Memorial Day weekend. There's a lot of stuff that's going to happen on Memorial Day weekend, but we will talk about that when we have the time and place. But as far as here goes, AEW is doing great as far as the ticket sales go for all in, right? But as I stated earlier, what are they going to do? What big event, what, what matches are going to be included in this whole situation? Now, in this case, especially when it comes to the United Kingdom, especially when it comes to UK fans, I don't think they care. I don't think they care because of one thing and one thing only because this will be the first time that AEW will be performing over in the United Kingdom. And for the fans, especially when it comes to United Kingdom fans, to see a different venue other than WWE, they're going to show up, they're going to go ahead, they're going to support AEW as much as they can. That's how it is. I don't think they care about what matches are going to be on there as long as they get a chance to see AEW as it happens, right? So that's good. That's very good. But what matches? I mentioned CM Punk and FTR taking on the Elite. I think that will happen. Another match that I think will happen is this. We know that at Double or Nothing, and this was just announced, and just to let everybody know... At Double or Nothing on Sunday, May 28th, I believe. It's going to be a four-way match for the AEW World Heavyweight Championship as the champion MJF will be defending his championship against Darby Allin, Sammy Guevara, and Jungle Boy. Now, this is what I think will happen. I think, and unless something changes, I make the prediction, and I'll make this prediction right here, right now. At All In, I think we will see MJF defend his AEW World Heavyweight Championship. And I think it should be against Darby Allin. Okay? And now, I know that uh, Jim Cornette has done several of his reviews about this whole situation. And I know that he has stated, and I think the great Brian Lass has also stated, that we, we should see Darby Allin take on MJF at Double or Nothing. 
But here's the thing that I'm looking at, and once again, it's one of those things where Jim Cornette can see it, but I don't think he does. Uh, I think the great Brian Last sees where this is going and everything, much like I have, where it's real easy to go ahead and put together a one-on-one match. It's easy, very easy, but not when you add other pieces of the fragment. And what I mean by that is when there are other people involved in this whole situation. Keep in mind, when this whole four-pillar thing started, it started with Jungle Boy, it started with Darby Allen, and then it started with um, Sammy Guevara. They all came in in the same time with MJF, and they all wanted a title shot. They all wanted an opportunity at the championship. And they started doing all these ridiculous uh, Four Pillars tournament. Uh, Darby Allen gets eliminated. It ends up being Sammy Guevara taking on MJF. And then all of a sudden, they did the tag match from this past Wednesday. And now all of a sudden, we got ourselves a four-way match for the AEW World Heavyweight Championship to take place at Double or Nothing. Now, what does this have to do with All In? The problem is this. All In, while the ticket sales are good, while it's fine, while so many people are thinking about the ticket sale venues for AEW, for All In, I, and probably others like myself, are wondering one thing. What is next? What matches are are, are going to make you want to buy the tickets more? Listen, the fans are going to buy the tickets anyway because it's AEW. If this was in the United States, you either get it or you don't. It don't matter. Over in the United Kingdom, they're going to buy tickets anyway because it's AEW and it'll be the first time that AEW has performed over in the United Kingdom. The fans have clamored for it and they're going to get it. Now, what matches? I say Darby Allen to take on MJF at All In. I think that should be the big venue. I know some people are going to say, oh, that's not going to happen. That's not going to happen. Listen, I have been right on certain things, and there are times where I've been wrong on certain things. I'm going with this one. I think we'll see FTR and CM Punk together taking on the Elite. That should be something special right there. Now, also, also to talk about this other part here. Now, we know that uh, we know about the whole all-in concept and everything else like that. Let's talk about the new show that's going to be happening in June. Now, it has not been talked about yet, but I've heard several things. I heard about AEW Dark being canceled. I heard about AEW Dark Elevation be canceled. Now, the only thing that hasn't happened yet is AEW canceling Rampage. They need to cancel Rampage. Hey, Tony Khan, cancel Rampage, you fucking moron. Now, the reason why they're canceling up all these shows is because they want to get everything fresh ready for for that particular Saturday. Now, the the event is supposed to be titled AEW Collision, right? And it's supposed to feature the return of CM Punk. You you, you want to make the you want to make this a little interesting? 
You want to make this a little interesting? Let me tell you how you make this a little interesting, Tony Khan. You have this thing called AEW Double or Nothing, okay? You don't have to bring CM Punk over to the event. All you have to do is promote something that will get everybody on their feet to see CM Punk right there in front of the entire world. And then once you put CM Punk over at Double or Nothing, then you go ahead and you promote the show. I think this is what... And you know what? I just thought about it. I just thought about it right now. Now, they want to put CM Punk on AEW Collision. Okay. Then what you do is you get Double or Nothing. Like I just mentioned a moment ago. You get Double or Nothing. You don't have to have CM Punk appear. Right? All you have to do is put a hype video out. Put a hype video out addressing the CM Punk conspiracy. Well, conspiracy. And I say conspiracy because he had nothing to do with the conspiracy. Despite the fact that he was conspired to leave. But anyways, you get CM Punk in a hype video. You show it on Double or Nothing. You get the fans hyped up for Collision. And they all know he's coming. And it will get people to go over to the United Center over in Chicago and check out AEW's Collision to see the return of CM Punk. Now, that is how I would do it because I'm the main event player. I'm the super sea kid. I'm the god among gods, the king among kings, the coolest son of a motherfucking bitch walking God's green earth. And I know pro wrestling when I see it. All you marks can kiss my ass. <laughs> but <coughs> in all seriousness, where do we go from here? You know, I mean, what what is going to happen? I mean, it's, it's going to be, um, we're going to see how all this turns out from here on out. So, all, I, all like I said earlier, congratulations to Tony Khan on the success and everything. And hopefully they do reach 90,000 probably within the, the end of the month or maybe, who knows, until next month. Who knows? Because we've still got a long way to go as far as what match is going to take place and everything else like that. And, of course, Double or Nothing is scheduled to take place on Memorial Day weekend, which will happen um, on Sunday, May 28th. And I talked about this earlier. AEW World Heavyweight Championship will be on a line of fatal four-way match. And it's going to feature the champion MJF defending his title against Darby Allin, Sammy Guevara, and Jungle Boy. Those are the men that are going to compete and everything else like that. And no doubt more matches will be announced in the next couple of weeks until we get into Double or Nothing. Keep in mind, Double or Nothing is going to take place on Memorial Day weekend. And also on the same time will be WWE or NXT's Battleground. That's going to happen at the same time. And also we got Night of Champions that's going to happen over on Saturday in Saudi Arabia. There's also another event that's going to be happening on that same weekend as well with uh, Impact Wrestling, I believe it's Under Siege. So there's a lot of wrestling that's going to be happening on Memorial Day weekend, so it's going to be incredible. And the main event, cannot wait to check that out and everything else like that. So once again, big congratulations go out to Tony Khan and All In and everything else like that. We hope they do reach 90,000. We hope they do sell at the venue. But the question that we all want to know is, what matches, how good will this be, will we give a damn? We'll just have to find out and see in the next few months when we get to August 27th, Sunday, at All In, AEW over at Wembley Stadium. Should be incredible to check out.
Alrighty. Think we're gonna try this again, shall we? Where was I? Oh yes. With the first pick of the third round, Monday Night Raw selects the WWE Women's Tag Team Champions, Liv Morgan and Raquel Rodriguez. Chaos and power. What a pick for Monday Night Raw. Tag Team Champions going to be able to defend their titles on Monday night. Congratulations to Liv and Raquel. Adam? Nope, okay. Taking the place of Adam Pierce will be me, HBK. Alrighty. Smackdown Select, the Empress of Tomorrow, Asuka. What an incredible pick for Friday Night SmackDown. Grand Slam champion, Oscar's done it all. Friday Night SmackDown really bolstering the women's division. The Empress of Tomorrow will arrive on Friday nights and change the game. Raw Select, the powers of positivity, Xavier Woods and Kofi Kingston, the New Day. New Day rocks, baby. Coming to Monday Night Raw. You love to see this. Welcome, Kofi Kingston and Xavier Woods. Enough positivity to <laughs> choke a yak. SmackDown selects Ridge Holland, Butch, and Sheamus, the Brawling Brute. A brilliant pick. The Brute and Sheamus will be bringing the 10 beats of the power on and they'll be staying on SmackDown. But Friday night remains fight night. A look at round three of the draft here on day two on Monday Night Raw. It's hard to call who's winning this draft. Sensational picks all around. It's been a while since we've seen the New Day on Monday Night Raw. Asuka on Friday Night SmackDown. Ladies, beware. The backlash is coming. Backlash from the beach. Looks beautiful, but looks can be deceiving. It's anything but a vacation. When I was a boy, I dreamed of something bigger. Hey Damien, I'm going to put the river to kick your ass. 
So let's start with, um, in uh, this, there's going to be about a total of seven matches that are going to happen in Backlash. Um, none in particular order. I mean, all we know is, uh, we know that the main event's going to be a six-man tag team match, which, personally, in my opinion, I don't think that really should be the main event. But then when you have Roman Reigns as the undisputed WWE Universal Champion, you actually want your guys to be in the main event. But that's how it is and everything. So we'll start off with um, Bianca Belair taking on Io Sky for the Raw Women's Championship. Uh, this match is um, its going to be a good match to say the least. I know these two have competed against each other. And I'm trying to remember if Io Sky won or if Io Sky lost or if it was by a count out or double disqualification. Now, there's a lot of dissension that's happening between damage control, uh, between the members themselves. I mean, you almost can tell that uh, I think from the moment WrestleMania was over, uh, a lot of stuff was happening between the two. A lot of people have been speculating that uh, damage control is going to break up. In my opinion, I, I really don't want to see, I really don't want to see damage control break up in any sort of capacity. If anything, I think we should see what's going to take place between these individuals. I think what if they do choose to go ahead and, and kick out EO Sky, because that seems to be where it's going. Because originally, it, it almost seemed like the tag team partners of Dakota Kai and EO Sky were going to take out Bailey, because that's what it seemed like. But Bailey, you know, playing her little manipulative games, it, it, it's either she's going to kick one of them out or both of them out or get two new members. We don't know. I mean, it's kind of a an up and down capacity at this point. So, what I think will happen is that um, I mean, I don't see a new member on the arise yet, but I, I, I think you still need to keep damage control alive. You still need to keep that name alive just to keep the group more dominant. Now, Keep in mind that they are officially a part of SmackDown, but until that takes effect, they're still they're still controlling Raw a little bit. But until we get to that point, then that's really about it. So as far as this match with uh, Bianca Belair and Io Sky, I expect this to be a competitive match. I expect this to be uh, pretty much a somewhere along the lines of maybe a. Five to ten minute match, at least fifteen minutes, depending, depending how the feud goes. I think it's actually going to go more than ten minutes. I think um, ten minutes or twelve, depending. So, I expect Io Sky to come out looking good in this match. I expect her to do some high aerial maneuvers, and also another thing that you're going to have to expect is this: either Io Sky is going to, you know, being shown some respect. 
by Bianca Belair. And, be, and believe me, Bianca Belair has showed a lot of respect for EO Sky. Keep in mind, EO is a former NXT Women's Champion and a former Tag Team Champion. So she has a clear idea as to what she needs to do as far as Championship Gold goes. Now, she will never be able to be the Raw Women's Champion or the SmackDown Women's Champion yet, but that really does need to be taken under consideration because you have to keep in mind, you've got Rhea Ripley, who is the SmackDown Women's Champion, and no doubt she's going to hold on to that title for a long time. Bianca Belair has already surpassed of being one year within her championship reign, and no one has really been able to beat her yet. Now, I'm not saying that EO Sky will be the one to do it. I'm saying that someone is going to come in and step up. Now, keep in mind also that she is the Raw Women's Champion, but she is going to SmackDown. Okay? She is going to SmackDown, but we don't know when the swapping will take place. You know, when Rhea Ripley will swap out for the for the Raw Women's Championship, the SmackDown Women's Championship to the Raw Women's Championship. I'm hoping that that takes place backstage instead of having to take place in in, in front of an audience because I think it's real stupid. Like the like that whole thing that happened with Becky Lynch and Charlotte Flair. I think that should have been taken inside backstage. I mean, we should see... I mean, look, if the swap has to happen, the swap has to happen. But let it happen backstage. There's no need for that. But as of right now, uh, the Raw Women's Champion, Bianca Belair, I believe is going to hold on that title for a little while longer. I think Io Sky is going to you know, come in um, looking good in the match. I think she's going to give Bianca a hell of a run. Uh, she's going to do, do a little bit better than Asuka. I'll tell you that right now. Not sure. Um, not sure what what will happen as far as the future of Io Sky goes. But I do know this match is going to elevate her to something extremely special. So for the Raw Women's Championship, Bianca Belair to walk away with the championship. Io Sky is going to have her day in court sometime very very soon for the SmackDown Women's Championship um, against. Bianca Belair. Keep in mind, this is the raw. This is the raw women's championship right now. But after Backlash, we'll see Bianca with the SmackDown Women's Championship in her possession, and Io Sky and the rest of Damage Control are going to be a part of SmackDown. So you're going to see how all that rolls out. So Bianca to retain her championship, <clears throat> and uh, we shall see what happens from here on out. Okay, so the next matchup we got here is a triple threat match. For the WWE United States Championship, Austin Theory defending his championship against both Bobby Lashley and Bronson Reed. Now, this triple threat match had happened uh, simply uh, obvious uh, for obvious reasons. I mean, uh, we're not going to sit here and have another Austin Theory-Bobby Lashley match. I think a lot of people would rather have seen Bobby Lashley take on Bronson Reed at Backlash, but instead, I think what they wanted to do was, and I don't know if this is a Triple H idea or a Vince McMahon idea, I think this is more of a Vince McMahon idea than a Triple H idea because I think Triple H would probably have wanted Bobby Lashley to take on Bronson Reed in a one-on-one match and, you know, and come up with a decisive winner for that match. You know, I think that's, that's the way I think it would have happened. 
another thing that you also have to consider is that um, I think the only reason why a championship matchup is better in this particular na nature is because I think if this was Vince McMahon, I think he would have wanted one of these two behemoths to become champion. So this is going to be an interesting triple threat match, but it won't be what you think. I expect Bobby Lashley and Bronson Reed to beat the hell out of each other. Uh, I have yet to see Bobby Lashley hook on the Hurt Lock on Bronson Reed. He has tried. He has tried many, many, many times and has not been able to do that. And I think he'll be able to lock it. I think he really will be able to lock it on Bronson Reed at the pay-per-view. But... This is going to be where Austin shines a little bit. Austin's going to come in. Austin Theory, that is. is going to come in, and he's going to try everything in his power to, you know, not only ridicule the match, but he'll also, you know, he'll, he'll make it his game, and he'll come to the point where one person's going to be weak, and the other one is going to be completely... Um, completely useless or however that shit goes. Basically what I mean is, say if Bobby Lashley is the weaker of the two and Bronson Reed is going to capitalize by pinning him, there's going to be a good chance that Austin Theory is going to come in and capitalize on the whole situation retaining the championship. So, in this match, I expect Austin Theory to be to look good in the ring, to do what he has to do, but I also expect him to come in with a sneaky win. Now, who is he going to pin? Uh, that's the interesting part. I think, and this is just my opinion and my opinion only, unless other people will agree upon this, I think Austin Theory should pin Bobby Lashley. Now, keep in mind, think about this for a moment. Now, as I'm recording this, uh... We know, and if you guys have been listening to all the rounds that who's being taken, who's being drafted to Raw, who's being drafted to SmackDown, you know that Bobby Lashley is drafted to SmackDown. Austin Theory's being drafted to SmackDown while Bronson Reed's being drafted over to Monday Night Raw. So there is a very good chance that Austin Theory could beat Bobby Lashley. I, the only reason why I don't see him beating Bronson Reed is because I think they're going to leave him out as pretty much the guy that has not been pinned at all. So uh, they expect Bronson Reed to... He, he might, he's not going to end up the loser in the match is what I'm trying to say here. Because if Bobby Lashley loses, I don't think it will affect him in any way possible. I don't. If some of you believe that Bobby Lashley should retain the United States Championship, no. I think we see bigger fish happening for Bobby Lashley in the near future. So, and bigger fish by the fact that he has never had an opportunity to go one-on-one -on -one against Roman Reigns for the undisputed WWE Championship. I expect that to happen sometime in the near future. So in this triple threat match, Austin Theory is going to retain his championship. And I believe he's probably going to be able to beat Bobby Lashley in the ring uh, with sneaky tactics, of course. I, I really don't see him winning decisively. Bronson Reed's going to get taken out of the equation here. Therefore, Austin Theory to retain the United States Championship at Backlash. So expect that to take place at Backlash coming up this Saturday. Or coming up tonight, as a matter of fact. So, Austin Theory to beat Bobby Lashley. Bronson Reed will be taken out of the picture just like that.
If you guys have any questions in regards to this show, all you got to do is go over to my email address at themainevent1977 at gmail.com. That's themainevent1977 at gmail.com. And whatever question you have, the main event will be glad to put it right here on the Main Event Talk podcast. And it could be any question that you want to ask. That's themainevent1977 at gmail.com. One more time. The main event, 1977 at gmail.com, and you'll hear it right here on the main event talk podcast. I think I mentioned this on part one of the Backlash weekend, and I'm going to go ahead and talk about this matchup here. Seth freaking Rollins going one-on-one against Omas. This is a uh, very interesting match, to say the least, and one match that was just thrown in the card out of nowhere, you know. 
So this is what this is what I say. You know, when they started announcing matches, there were certain matches like the the triple threat match that made a whole lot of sense. Rhea Ripley taking on v- uh, Zelina Vega that made a whole lot of sense. Um, uh, Cody Rhodes taking on Brock Lesnar. I mean, that made a whole lot of sense. But Seth Rollins taking on Omos. This was pretty much thrown together, and it wasn't really explained as to why. Now, nobody really paid attention to exactly what what has ta- why did this matchup take place up until I think it was two weeks ago. I think uh, right before the draft took place, so MVP pretty much explained that he put Omas in a match with Seth freaking Rollins to get some of the best competitors. To take on the Nigerian giant. Now, and, and think about this real, real slowly, guys. I mean, if 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 MVP had a lot to do with what took place with uh, with Omas, if he's responsible for putting Seth freaking Rollins in a match against um, Omas, then you got to commend MVP for doing the right thing because sometimes, and I always feel. Uh, sometimes one of the mat- the matches that don't make sense usually would make sense in the very end, right? So in this match, it didn't make any sense to for to, for anybody to see this match at all. Zero, not a damn thing, you know. So for MVP to pretty much explain what he did, and you, you have to commend MVP for it. To have Omos in a match with Seth Rollins at Backlash is good for his career. And I think that all they want to do is keep displaying Omos. I don't think it's a matter of, you know, not only a matter of trying to make Omos look good in this match, but also to kind of, you know, you know, put Omos out there just a little bit more. And look, listen, I, I think I said this on one of my reels. By the way, you can check out my reels on Facebook all you got to do is look for Furman Torres and look for the main event and you'll you'll find those reels. But anyways, um, <clears throat> main event thoughts is what they're called. But anyways, um, the reels, or I'm sorry, in this match, um, this is one of these matches, like I said, where I think, you know, like, like I said, it, it just didn't make any sense for Omos and Bobby Lash, or Omos and uh, Seth Rollins to go at it. But this is one of these things where now, I know a lot of people are saying that Seth Rollins, and I think I said this um, on the reels, he is green as a pepper tree. Green, green, basically like he has no fucking clue about what he's going to do in a match with Omos. Now keep in mind, Omos is a big man. He's about seven, what is he, seven foot, seven foot two, seven foot three, almost 400 pounds, 450 pounds. Up against a, a man who's about maybe what six foot, um, six foot one, uh, maybe uh, close to 220, 230 pounds, maybe, maybe less than that. I could be wrong. And you also have to keep in mind here, um, Omos had a match with Brock Lesnar, who was almost about his size. Brock Lesnar took him to the limit, and at the same time, Omos did take a former world's champion to the limit as well. Now, the match between Brock Lesnar and Omaz was not exactly the greatest match of all time, but it was definitely something to look to look forward to. It was good. 
He made Omos look good in the match. It wasn't exactly all of that, but he needed to get through in order to get the win. Because let's face it, I don't see Omos beating a Brock Lesnar. I really don't. But in this match with Seth Rollins, now hear me out, and I know some people are going to disagree with me on this one. I think Omos should beat Seth freaking Rollins. Let me, let me explain why. I think what needs to happen is, number one, I think we need to escalate this feud further. I think we need to. here, And let me also say this, because we need to build this whole thing with Seth freaking Rollins and Omos is a little bit more. Basically, and I think someone had mentioned this on, um, on Facebook, on Twitter. I, I've read several comments where they should make Seth Rollins into somewhat of a giant killer. Kind of like... Um, Kind of like the way Rey Mysterio, or 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 um, who who else, um, uh, you know, someone someone like that that could give Omas a run. Now the difference between Brock Lesnar and Omas, uh, a difference between Brock Lesnar and Seth Rollins. I'm sorry, both men are very experienced individuals, but Brock Lesnar is a man that has that has um, a lot more experience than Seth Rollins. He's a much bigger star than Seth Rollins. But out of the two, Brock Lesnar is not... Well, he's quick, but he's not as quick as Seth Rollins. You know, like close the eye real quick type, you know. And Seth Rollins has had a win over Brock Lesnar. So he does have experience in that nature. So a win over Seth Rollins is not going to hurt him by any means necessary. Look, Listen, if Seth Rollins wins, it's not going to be a surprise. Because number one, Seth Rollins is... An experienced individual. He's a former world champion, former WWE Universal Champion, United States Champion, Intercontinental Champion, Tag Team Champion, Money in the Bank, um, Royal Rumble winner. He's won everything. Even if, if, if and, and trust me when I tell you this, if Seth Rollins loses to Omos, it's not going to hurt him. It's not going to hurt him at all. Zero. If anything, all Seth Rollins is going to do is try to make Omos... Try to make him, in the ring, try to work with Seth Rollins. In other words, in other words, Omos needs to be this ferocious big man. He needs to be in the level of a Brock Lesnar or in the level of maybe of a Braun Strowman. Uh, he'll never be Andre the Giant, but he can definitely try to pull off something like that. Now, Seth Rollins winning will not be a big surprise. It won't. But... I want Omos to win because I think, I, like I said before, Omos is green as a pepper tree, okay? And no doubt, Omos and Seth Rollins will be contenders to go after the brand new WWE World Heavyweight Championship. Now, you know, however that works out is fine. So I'm going to, like I said before, I am not going to be surprised if Seth Rollins wins the match. But I'm going to go with Omas. I'm going to go with him because we need to kind of season him up a little bit, you know. And I think Seth Rollins is the man to handle him. Now, if Omas does not do what a big man does and he's basically in there with, you know, like a, like a chicken with his head cut off, not, you know, just moving around, not doing a damn thing, then expect Seth Rollins to capitalize and win this match. MVP needs to do what he can with Omas. Needs to make him look good. 
Seth Rollins needs to try to make sure that Omos does look good in the ring. Looks like he's a dominant superstar, a dominant, well, not a dominant champion, but a dominant big man. So Seth Rollins, obviously he may win it, but I'm going with Omos. He needs this win, and we need to see these two further their feud, maybe at Money in the Bank, uh, maybe at Night of Champions, who knows. We just need to see this go further, if we can. Now, if, like I said before, if it ends up Seth Rollins winning, it ends up Seth Rollins winning, the feud, get, the feud gets crushed. But if Omos wins over Seth Rollins... It will be out of the, out of spite that Seth Rollins pretty much gave him the win. And also the fact that we're going to see this feud go further. So I expect Omos to win over Seth Rollins at Backlash. And it should be interesting to see where this goes afterwards. Selena va a ser historia aquí en Puerto Rico y va a ganar ese campeonato. Stop talking. Hey, mommy, mommy's got something to say. Well, first of all, no chunk was going to hit me, and she is not making no history, Rey Mysterio. Absolutely not. She has been ducking and diving me, and you're a slippery little fish. I'll give you that. You're very, very slippery. But when it comes to backlash, I'm not only going to beat you, but I'm going to embarrass you in your hometown. I'm going to beat you here in Puerto Rico, whether you like it or not, Zelina. Your nightmares become reality tomorrow. And you know what? You're still gonna be the little pipsqueak that I know you are and the pathetic little girl that everyone can see right here. That's why I am gonna put you down and I'm gonna pretzel your ass. Next matchup coming up here is Rhea Ripley taking on Zelina Vega for the SmackDown Women's Championship. Okay, so this one is going to be a bit interesting for a couple of reasons. Um, number one, um, Rhea Ripley, this will be her... I believe this will be her first title defense ever since she won the championship at WrestleMania. And she's going to be in there up against Zelina Vega. Now, to the WWE Universe and to everyone else involved, everybody has always seen Zelina Vega as someone that has managed several great superstars. Okay, But what other people don't understand about Zelina Vega is she is also a competitor. Now, some people don't get that because they still see her as this, you know, manager for the LWL or for Legato Del Fantasma. Now, I have I have seen Selena Vega's career. I've no, I've known Selena for a long time. Uh, Selena for a long time. Uh, she was a former Knockouts champion in Impact Wrestling or in TNA Wrestling at the time. So she knows how to compete. You know she. She's competed in the ring. She's won championships before. She knows how all this rolls, okay? So I wouldn't put it past her in any way possible. Now, Zelina has been getting a little bit of success, and now she is getting an opportunity to not only craft her skills in the ring, but she's going to do it up against 
Rhea Ripley. Now, Rhea Ripley is a... And let's call it like we see it. She is definitely one of the best women's champions coming along the pipe in a long, long time. I'm not saying she's the greatest. I'm not saying she's one of the best right now. Because keep in mind, this is the best position that Rhea Ripley has been in in a long, long time. She was a ferocious competitor in NXT UK when she was the NXT UK Women's Champion. She was a ferocious and somewhat dominant competitor in NXT when she won the NXT Women's Championship. When she came into WWE, she won the Raw Women's Championship at WrestleMania, but she still needed some seasoning. She still needed some time. She still needed to be developed. And she got developed rather quickly and also she learned from the best, right? And with her being a part of the Judgment Day, she has become better than she has been in a long, long time. And with her around with Dominic and the rest of the Judgment Day, she is looking better every time. 2023 is definitely going to be the year for Rhea Ripley. She comes in competing up against 29 other women to win the Royal Rumble of 2023 to get an opportunity at the championship. She beat Charlotte Flair at WrestleMania. She went up against... uh, I believe it was Beth Phoenix at Elimination Chamber. Did not win, but she went up against her nonetheless. And this is the best that Zelina Vega... I'm sorry. uh, The best that Rhea Ripley has been in in a long, long time. And this momentum is going to get going. Now, I was really hoping, and I think a lot of other people were hoping, for Rhea Ripley to stay on Raw. And also keep in mind, and I must mention this right away... She is the SmackDown Women's Champion, but she is going to Raw, along with the other members of the Judgment Day. A lot of people were expecting Rhea Ripley to go on her own and to let the Judgment Day do what they can on Smack on SmackDown. That should have been the key right there, because there were a lot of rumors and speculations that the Judgment Day could come in on SmackDown, but that ain't happening. So all the members of the Judgment Day, all of them, are now a part of Monday Night Raw. So, with that being said, in this matchup between Zelina Vega and Rhea Ripley, this is going to be a somewhat of, it will be maybe a 10 to 8 minute to 10 minute match between these two. Zelina Vega is going to get out, going to get manhandled or woman handled by Rhea Ripley in that ring. So a lot of people are not really expecting Zelina Vega to win. Despite the fact that she, you know, she's from New York, okay? She's from Queens, New York, but she is a Puerto Rican descent. So she will have the crowd in Puerto Rico behind her all the way, just like that. So in this match, I expect Zelina Vega to do good. I expect Rhea Ripley to do good. I expect her to work with Selena Vega in this match. And I expect Selena Vega to show her vast experience in the ring. So in this match, I expect Zelina Vega to give it her all in every way possible. But I also expect her to fall at the hands of the eradicator, Rhea Ripley. So you're going to see Rhea Ripley walk out with the SmackDown Women's Championship. Bring it right back to Monday Night Raw, which, by the way, the swap will take place between um, between Bianca Belair and Rhea Ripley. I'm not sure how that's going to work out, but we'll see how that rolls. But other than that, Selena Vega 
will have a good match with Rhea Ripley, but unfortunately it's not going to be enough to defeat the Eradicator, Rhea Ripley, as she retains her SmackDown Women's Championship at Backlash. Chaos thriving, tank driving, Shotzi! Big pick for SmackDown. The ballsy badass for the fire and flare. Shotzi's headed to the blue button. A risk taker in every sense of the word. The call SmackDown home. Raw selects the colossal Bronson Reed. Wow! The walking natural disaster. This man made. Show up on Monday Night Raw next week as United States Champion after backlash in his triple threat title opportunity. I feel like we're kicking Sean when he's down, but SmackDown selects from NXT Elton Prince and Kit Wilson. Pretty deadly. Yes, boy! Oh, I'm jealous of Cole and Wade for this one. My favorite tag team in NXT, Pretty Deadly, will no doubt make an impact on Friday night. I knew you'd lose your mind over this one. Congratulations to Pretty Deadly. Well deserved. That's the scene at the NXT Performance Center, celebrating several of their own, joining the big time. Pretty Deadly on Friday night SmackDown. But we got Braun Strowman and Ricochet. How about Bronson Reed? We see the impact. The title impact that Bronson Reed has had here on Monday Night Raw of late. I'm pretty deadly.
you guys have any questions in regards to this show, all you got to do is go over to my email address at themainevent1977 at gmail.com. That's themainevent1977 at gmail.com. And whatever question you have, the main event will be glad to put it right here on the Main Event Talk podcast. And it could be any question that you want to ask. That's themainevent1977 at gmail.com. One more time. The main event, 1977 at gmail.com, and you'll hear it right here on the Main Event Talk Podcast. with their money. The sixth round is in the books. Congrats to Caden uh, Carter and Katana Chance heading to Monday Night Raw. Yo soy un ganador en toda la vida, soy un ganador y mañana todo romper la cara, cabrón, porque vuelvo y repito, te respeto como luchador, pero como persona eres un infeliz, cabrón, eres un puerco y lo que me hiciste lo va a pagar mañana, tú eras
Okay, so I pretty much made a prediction on this la on this next match. I was gonna say last match. Uh, I was I'm pretty much made a prediction on this next matchup right here because we knew we knew that backlash was gonna take place over in San Juan, Puerto Rico. We know that the host was gonna be Bad Bunny, and I think I may have said this on my main event talk podcast, uh, the aftermath of WrestleMania weekend, when I mentioned that there's gonna be a very big chance that Bad Bunny he'll host the show. But we're going to expect him to be involved in some way, shape, or form. And sure enough, it, it happened exactly how I knew it would be. So to kind of give you the story, um, this started around, I believe it was the night after WrestleMania. Okay, uh, Bad Bunny was out in the crowd right there. I believe Rey Mysterio had a match against, I believe it was with Finn Balor. I'm not mistaken. Um, I think uh, Dominic was trying to get involved. Oh, Dominic and <clears throat> Damien Priest. And uh, all of a sudden, um, uh, Dominic was looking face-to-face -face with Bad Bunny. Bad Bunny already saw through what Dominic was going to do. Dominic tried to throw a punch. And, oh, man, uh, Bad Bunny went ahead and just threw that right cross right on Dominic's chin. And... Then all of a sudden, uh, Damian Priest, who is friends, who is, well, it, well, let's be honest, they are friends still, anyway possible, because they're both Puerto Rican, you know what I mean, <laughs> you know, but anyways, um, so D Damian Priest pretty much dragged Bad Bunny out of the crowd, Bad Bunny was cornered, and Dominic was trying to go at Bad Bunny, Bad Bunny got another right cross on Dominic, and then Damian Priest proceeded to go ahead and literally just take his friend out. So he took Bad Bunny, put him right through the table, and that was it. And you, you almost hear the announcers all, you know, oh, you, oh, we're going to get sued, and we're sorry, we're not, you know, Bad Bunny's not supposed to allow this to happen, when in reality, let's call it like we see it, folks, we knew this was coming. So the prediction I made was going to be this. If Bad Bunny gets involved it, at Backlash, I see this as a pretty much like what happened at WrestleMania, right? Now, if anybody remembered WrestleMania from several years ago, uh, WrestleMania, I believe it was 37, I believe. Uh, 37 were Bad Bunny and Damian Priest took on John Morrison and The Miz, right? And we saw the performance of Bad Bunny. He was incredible in the ring. He did extremely well for himself in that ring. And I expect him to do the same thing. You know, so my thought was, OK, we're going to see pretty much like a, a tag match. Now, my original thought was that Bad Bunny was going to team up with Rey Mysterio to take on Damian Priest and Dominic Mysterio. Now, that was my original thought coming in. Right. That's what I thought was going to take place. Backlash. Now, if that doesn't work, then check this out. How about you add Dominic Mysterio? I'm sorry. You add Rey Mysterio. Bad Bunny and Santos Escobar to team up to take on the members of the Judgment Day. Finn Balor, Damian Priest, and Dominic Mysterio, right? Make it a six-man tag, right? Those were my predictions. Those were my thoughts because that was, that was exactly what I was thinking. I was thinking 
a, a, a tag team match or a six-man tag to make, uh, to make the show a little bit more interesting, right? It didn't happen so because two weeks after what took place with Bad Bunny, then Bad Bunny is reportedly coming to Chicago, which we know about the story about the whole thing in Chicago and the whole thing with Raw and CM Punk. But, you know, we'll deal with that when we have the opportunity. So, so Damien Priest is having a match with Rey Mysterio. Rey Mysterio loses. Dom, uh, Damien Priest wins the match. Here comes Bad Bunny coming in with a kendo stick and all. My, and he comes out. Everybody wants to be a cowboy all of a sudden. <laughs> Everybody wants to be a cowboy. So all of a sudden, he comes in with a kendo stick, cowboy hat and all, and he's coming in there, and he's whacking Damian Priest all around with that kendo stick, taking him out. He went ahead and pretty much announced the match that at Backlash, he's going to have himself a San Juan street fight with Damian Priest at Backlash. Now, this was uh, this was something that I didn't expect, but in a in a crazy way, I think this is perfect. Now, let me explain and let me get all the details out, so that way you guys will be the judge to find out exactly where this is going. Now, the reason why I wanted it to be a tag match or a six man tag is so Bad Bunny can be safe. Now, Bad Bunny can wrestle; he can. He's a listen. It's so funny when celebrities come in in the world of professional wrestling, especially in the WWE, the celebrities come out and they go ahead and what is this? Oh, I'm sorry. I'm just looking at my stuff here. Um, okay, so uh, in this match, uh, I know I know that Bad Bunny is going to do what he can and everything else like that in the match. And... You knew, you know, I mean, if it was a tag match, he'd be safe, but Bad Bunny would be out there doing all sorts of great maneuvers. Now, Bad Bunny, much like Logan Paul and a couple of other celebrities, they know what to do in the ring. They know what to do in the ring. And they understand it, and they learn it from the best, like Booker T, Shawn Michaels, and a couple of others that train them before they go ahead and proceed with whatever match they have to go through. Now, Bad Bunny does take this a bit seriously. So... You ex- expect Bad Bunny to do great in this matchup with Damian Priest. Now, the reason why I say it's perfect is because, keep in mind, these two were best friends. These two were added at WrestleMania. They were tag team partners, and they know each other quite well, right? They know each other extremely well. And there's a fucking bird right here in front of me who just took a shit on my fucking chair. You fucking bastard. Anyways, got it. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm outside right now just trying to get this report out of the way. And all of a sudden, I see this fucking bird in front of me. Big fucking crow, by the way. Right. It was like almost five feet away from me. Right. But anyways, <laughs> why did you take a picture? Hey, I had my phone on um, record. Right. Yeah. But anyways, um, this match between these two, they're going to do these two know each other quite well. OK, now I think Bad Bunny and this is just from. A wrestling perspective here. Bad Bunny does trust Damien Priest. And Damien Priest does trust Bad Bunny. So I expect these two to do what they have to do. I expect these two 
to put on a good match. It's gonna be a street fight. There's gonna be all sorts of kendo sticks, all sorts of tables. Hey, they're gonna be chanting for tables. How is it that every single time, and I swear to God, the, the most popular item in all of pro wrestling is the fucking tables. Why don't you just scream for kendo sticks and light bulbs and all that other shit? Well, you know what? I, I, I honestly, and I'll say this, I would rather have tables and light bulbs. You know why? Because at least with the table, when you get broken, you won't get hurt that badly. If you have a, like one of those stupid light bulbs and all that shit, you're going to get hurt eventually. But anyways, I expect this match between Damian Priest and Bad Bunny to go the distance, maybe about a good 10, 15, 20 minutes, depending. Well, actually, I, I, I'm going to say 10, 15 minutes. I'm going to say 10, 15 minutes. Expect members of the Judgment Day to get involved. Expect members of the LWO to get involved. Now, I don't expect... Now, also, I heard this. And I heard this, and if memory serves me correctly, Damian Priest has not lost a match yet. It's been about a year, and he has been unbeaten. So, I'm expecting... Damian Priest to lose this match, especially when, when it's in San Juan, Puerto Rico, and especially what's in Puerto Rico. Because keep in mind, keep in mind, everybody, for all of you wrestling cynics that know about the history about Puerto Rico, Puerto Rican wrestling, you know that it's very dangerous to be in Puerto Rico. Just ask Bruiser Brody. Oh, you can't because he's dead. And I'm not, and I'm not saying that as a joke. I'm saying that because it actually happened. You know about the story about Bruiser Brody and the whole thing that took place over in Puerto Rico. Now, in this match, fans are going to be clamoring behind Bad Bunny. They're because it's in Puerto Rico. Now, both Damian Priest and Bad Bunny are Puerto Rican. Now, yes, Damian Priest is from. I believe he's from the Bronx, I think. I know he's I know he's a part of New York City, but I know he's a Puerto Rican, you know, he's Puerto Rican, so you know that. So Bad Bunny, of course, uh I believe he's actually from I I'm gonna say he's from New York, but he's actually from Puerto Rico, I think I know. You know, if I'm not mistaken. But this match, I expect it to go the distance. I expect interference. I expect a lot of things to take place. I expect Bad Bunny to come in with the performance of a lifetime. Now, Bad Bunny, as I mentioned earlier, was in a tag match, right? Several years ago. He's been in one match. Oh, and also he appeared at the Royal Rumble. He appeared at the Royal Rumble. Remember that, okay? He was there, okay? I saw that flying bunny come in. <laughs> so he's been in two matches. So he has a little bit of experience in there. Damian Priest knows it, understands it, not understands the logic of wrestling here. So I expect Bad Bunny to win this entire match. And um it's gonna be a it's gonna put a big L in Damian Priest. So we'll see that happening over at Backlash. Bad Bunny to defeat Damian Priest in a San Juan street fight at WWE Backlash. So we're here for two nights back-to-back -back sold out. Smackdown tonight, Backlash tomorrow. It's going to be an epic event. But we wouldn't be here tonight without a lot of help. It takes a lot of people to organize an event like this and bring it here to Puerto Rico. So as a special thank you, we'd like to recognize those people and their championship efforts right here tonight. 
But just like coming here is not a one-person job, this is not a one-person job either. So I would like you to welcome right now the man that Saturday night will face the beast incarnate, Brock Lesnar. Please welcome at this time the American Nightmare, Cody Rhodes. Now this match, in many people's views, should be the main event of Backlash, but apparently it's not, okay? We don't know if this is going to be a second to the main event. We don't know if it's going to be the first match in the card. We just know it's going to be a Backlash. It's going to be a singles match between Cody Rhodes and Brock Lesnar. Now... This is a bit interesting because I think I've made this scenario where let's go back to WrestleMania. Let's let's talk about that for a moment. Had Cody won the championship and taken it from Roman Reigns, I guarantee you that would be the main event for WWE Backlash. Brock Lesnar taking on Cody Rhodes for the undisputed WWE Universal Championship. That would actually happen if Cody would have won the match at WrestleMania. But since we know what took place and since we know what has happened, we know Cody lost to Roman Reigns. We know that Roman Reigns is still the undisputed WWE Champion. We know that the following night... Cody wanted a rematch with Roman Reigns. It wasn't going to go down. So instead, there would be a tag match. Solo Sokoa and Roman Reigns to take on the unlikely team of Brock Lesnar and Cody Rhodes. This matchup, in my personal opinion, I thought it would be a good match. But then I had to look back in my head and say to myself, wait a minute, what if? And I'm like, wait a minute, what do you, what do you mean what if? What, do you, what if? No, what if? Think about it for a second. What if this is a setup? What do you mean? What if Brock Lesnar turned on Cody? And I look back at myself and I'm like, oh, shit. And I look at the clock and I'm like, wait a minute. It's almost 10 minutes, 9 minutes left of Raw. Oh, my God. Brock Lesnar's going to fucking turn on him. You know, and that was my first instinct. So... I remember the announcements taking place, right? Roman Reigns, Solo Sokoa, Brock Lesnar. Then once Cody Rhodes' name was announced, then Brock Lesnar went ahead and went for the kill. He went in, he killed Cody, and made him look like a little fucking bitch in front of everybody on Monday Night Raw, which Monday Night Raw after WrestleMania, by the way, was the worst Raw after WrestleMania in the history of Raws after WrestleMania. You know how that story goes. So, obviously, 
the one match that everyone's talking about and the one match that we knew was going to take place was Brock Lesnar taking on Cody Rhodes. Now, had the story ended with Cody winning the championship, I guarantee you we would see Brock Lesnar taking on Cody Rhodes for the undisputed WWE Universal Championship. But since it didn't occur that way, now it's going to end up being Brock Lesnar taking on Cody Rhodes. These two have had their back and forth and everything. And then this past Monday night, Cody Rhodes had laid out Brock Lesnar and security had stopped him in every way possible. Now, I've been listening to several of the comments. I've been listening to several of the people. I've been listening to several of the wrestling marks and morons that think they know everything about what's going on in the world of professional wrestling. Now, I know some people are going to say, well, aren't you a mark too? Keep in mind, I'm not a mark. I'm a pro wrestling fan. I keep my eyes on the prize and understand how all this shit goes. If you're a wrestling mark, you're an idiot and you have no idea what you're talking about. Now, when it comes to the main event player, the Super C Kids, the God of my gods, the King of my kings, the coolest son of a motherfucking bitch walking God's green earth, I know what the fuck I'm talking about. So, Cody Rhodes versus Brock Lesnar. A lot of people are speculating that Cody Rhodes is going to lose once again to Brock Lesnar. All right? Now, let me fill you in on a couple of things to all of you wrestling marks that really believe that. Now... I don't expect Cody to lose. I really don't. Here's why. You have Brock Lesnar win. You have Brock Lesnar win over Cody Rhodes is a stupid idea. It's a very stupid idea. Now, if this was a Vince McMahon idea, that's exactly what would take place. If Triple H is smarter, well, Triple H is way smarter than Vince McMahon. Let's call it and see it. But if this was a Triple H idea, Cody Rhodes should put over, should be put over by Brock Lesnar. You know, just like that. Because let's face it, you're not going to see Brock Lesnar for a while. He's going to be leaving. He's going to leave in the next few months, and that's it. He's done. So in this match with Cody versus Brock, obviously it'll be the first time. Obviously it's going to be the very first time. But it's also going to be an exciting match because. Cody has taken on some of the best wrestlers in WWE before. He's taken on, he's taken on, um, he's taken on a tribal chief. He's taken on Gunther. He's taken on um, several of the best competitors here in WWE, and and not counting not just the ones that he had here this year and last year, uh, up until his WrestleMania uh, debut or return, if you will, but all the other matches he has had in in Impact Wrestling and in AEW and in and in other places in that particular nature. Cody Rhodes knows how to compete against big men in every way possible. So this would be a challenge for Cody Rhodes because let's look at the list of everything Cody Rhodes has done. Cody had came back at WrestleMania last year and he beat Seth Rollins, not once, not twice, but three times. And then after that, we know about his pectoral muscle. He was injured. He was done. Now, up until that time, Cody, Cody has had several matches. He's had matches with uh, Austin Theory. He's had matches with The Miz. He's had matches with uh, several others in that particular nature up until he got to Roman Reigns. And once he got to Roman Reigns, well, we know about the end of the story. So Cody Rhodes would suffer his first loss at the hands of of Roman Reigns at WrestleMania. So now for Cody to suffer another one would be ridiculous. So I expect this 
match to go of the highest emotions. You're going to see Cody go the distance like never before. Now, if it ends up Brock Lesnar winning, you have to see a rematch. And the rematch should take place at Money in the Bank between these two. I don't want to see Brock win a match just like that and think that's it. Okay? Now, Brock Lesnar... Honestly, I'll say this. Brock Lesnar had to get that win at WrestleMania over Omos because, let's see, what happened to him at at, uh, Elimination Chamber? He lost to Bobby Lashley, right? And what about what what took place over at the Royal Rumble? He got thrown over by Bobby Lashley, right? Brock has been through several losing... He's been through a losing streak in the past several months, all right? Even at the beginning of 2003, he was thrown over the top rope. He loses to Bobby Lashley, and then he gets a win over Omas. All right, that's one win, one win for Brock Lesnar this year. Now, if he gets another win, okay, that's cool. But I think, I think smartly, Brock Lesnar shouldn't get a win. If anything, Cody needs to win. Cody needs to not only put the beast behind him, but also focus on what he needs to get his hands on. Now, we all know about the new WWE Undisputed or the new WWE World Heavyweight Championship. Now, everyone's expecting everyone's expecting Cody to go after that championship. I'm not. I'm not. I still want him to go after Roman Reigns. Now, I'll I'll give you my details on that whole situation because trust me when I tell you whatever I say comes out right, comes out cool, comes out great, and it's something that we can all agree upon. To all the people that believe that Cody Rhodes should be the new WWE World Heavyweight Champion. You need to have your head examined and take a fucking pickaxe or something like that and put it right through your eye because it ain't happening. Okay? So, in this match with Brock Lesnar and Cody Rhodes, I expect it to go the distance. Probably a good uh, probably good 10 minutes, 12 minutes, depending. I expect Cody to show really no offense against Brock Lesnar. He's going to know what it's like to go to Suplex City. And then after that, Cody is going to hit him with everything that he could possibly can. And then Brock Lesnar will probably make one mistake and lose against Cody Rhodes. So at Backlash, Cody with the win to beat Brock Lesnar. Brock Lesnar will be gone for the next few months. And then Cody Rhodes will move on to either go after the WWE Undisputed WWE Championship or go after the new WWE World Heavyweight Championship or, and this is just surprising, this is just a little giveaway, Cody to possibly win Money in the Bank this year. Will it happen? Don't know. But you're just, but you're going to have to tune in to the main event talk to find out all about that and much more. Brock Lesnar to lose to Cody Rhodes at WrestleMania Backlash. Girl, there is more drama between the bloodline than there is on that show Succession. And I'm stoked for our match tomorrow, but I have a lot of my mind, and we got the bloodline right where we want. You two beat them at WrestleMania and took their titles, and you proved it wasn't a fluke when you beat them again. I beat Jimmy the other day. You guys have had my back, and I've had yours, and there's only one thing left to do, and that's beat the Usos and Solo at Backlash. And then when Roman Reigns comes back, there won't even be a bloodline to come back to. Am I talking too much? You guys have anything to add? What's good? No, no, no. Bro, everything you said was great. There's just nothing left for 
respuestas. Okay, so this matchup is going to be interesting to say the very least. Because from what I understand, this is supposed to be the main event. While, in my personal opinion, I think Cody should take on Brock Lesnar and make that the main event. They decided to put this six-man tag team matchup as the main event for Backlash. It's going to be Matt Riddle and Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn to take on the members of the Bloodline, Solo Sokoa, Jey Uso, Jimmy Uso with Paul Heyman in their corner. Now, before we talk about this matchup, let's talk about what took place at last year's Backlash. Do you remember last year's Backlash? Of course you do, because it was entitled WrestleMania Backlash at that time. And I can actually say WrestleMania Backlash right now, because that actually took place about one year ago. Because in that particular main event, it was consisted of the members of the bloodline of Roman Reigns, Jimmy and Jay, the Usos, taking on the team of, if you remember this quite well, Matt Riddle, because he was in the match, Randy Orton, he was in the match, and if memory serves me correctly, who was the other one? Who was the other person involved in the match? I try to trying to remember. I because it, it was a six man tag. It was Randy Orton, Matt Riddle, because they were the, they were the tag champions at the time, and they took and they had. Um, boy, I'm gonna say it was Kevin Owens, but let me let me let me let me check my my history books, if you will. My history books, if you will. Just to go ahead and get everything out of the way. Okay, we're looking at that one. WrestleMania Backlash. There we go. 2022, that's the one we're looking for. What was the match, ladies and gentlemen? Tell me what was that fucking match. That way we can move on from everything that we have to do. Ah, here we go. Members of the Bloodline. Roman Reigns, Jay Uso, and Paul Heyman. Oh, it was Drew McIntyre. Okay. It was Drew McIntyre, Randy Orton, and Roman uh, Randy Orton and Matt Riddle to take on the Bloodline, which was Roman Reigns, Jay Uso, and Jimmy Uso at the time. That was last year's backlash. This year's backlash. That was the main event, by the way, of backlash. Just to kind of give you a little history there. Now, as far as this history goes, now it's pretty much a repeat with a difference. You got the bloodline on this side. You got Jimmy and Jay on one side, but there's no Roman Reigns, so you got Solus Co. involved. You got Matt Riddle on the other side, but with him, it's there, there's no Randy Orton or Drew McIntyre. They've been replaced with the undisputed WWE Tag Team Champions of Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn. Now... Just to reiterate a couple of things. Riddle, I believe, is on Raw. Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn are both on Raw as well. So you see them there. While the members of the Bloodline, Solo Sokoa, Jay Uso, and Jimmy Uso with Paul Heyman are going to be on the SmackDown side. So this is practically a SmackDown versus Raw to take place at WWE Backlash later on tonight. Now, 
<sighs> this is going to be interesting because there's several scenarios that happen here. Now, obviously, we know that Sammy and Kevin has have held on to their undisputed WWE Tag Team titles when they were here in Corpus Christi, and they defeated the Usos. But there was supposed to be something to take place between the members of the Usos and Solo Sokoa. Now, what do I expect from this match? I expect an end to the bloodline. Uh, actually, when I think about it, it's going to be the end of the bloodline between Sami Zayn, Kevin Owens, and Sami Zayn. Okay, the revenge will be put out together. Because while everyone's being gone to Raw, one side's going to go to Raw, the other side's going to go to SmackDown. Now, let's go with a two-way scenario. Say... If the bloodline wins, right, the bloodline wins, they may or may not be in good terms with Roman Reigns. Now, keep in mind, Roman Reigns is not happy that the Usos are not the undisputed WWE Tag Team Champions. Solo Sokoa has been dominant within the past couple of months, ever since his allegiance with the bloodline. He's done extremely well for himself, and he's basically... I, I kind of look at Solo Sokoa like a... He's kind of a cross between Umaga and Samoa Joe in that particular way. You have to you know, kind of look at it from that, from that perspective. So, what do I expect in this match... Who do I expect to win and everything? What's my prediction on this? This matchup is going to go 15 to 20 minutes at least. It's going to go that far. In this match, obviously we're going to see Riddle, Owens, and Zayn win this match. And now now why, why this ends up being the main event is quite simple. Last year's, last year's main event featured the Bloodline, right? So now this year's backlash is going to end up with, you know, the Bloodline being involved in the main event. But I don't expect them to win. I don't expect them to win at all. What's going to happen, and this is going to be something that we're all going to be expecting. So let's, let's go ahead and just get my prediction out of the way right now. Matt Riddle, Kevin Owens, Sami Zayn to win the match. All right? That's going to happen. Now... We have seen what Solo has been doing. Now, a couple weeks ago, just to, re- just to kind of remind fans about what's going on, right before they came to Corpus Christi, they already made the announcement, they already made the announcement right away that there was going to be a rematch, right? And Paul Heyman had looked at the Usos while the Usos were looking at Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn, pretty much planting the seed, letting us know Something's going to happen to the Usos. Something's going to happen to the Usos. And then the following week, right, almost right before the match was about to take place, the guys were getting ready to go after the tag team titles, to retain them, to take them away from Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens, right? But as this was taking place, Paul Heyman looked at Solo Sokoa and knew what he had to do. So it looked like we're about to see Solo take out his own cousins or his own brothers, if you will. So Solo looked like he was about to do it last week on SmackDown until 
Sami Zayn, or I'm sorry, Matt Riddle got involved and stopped him from doing what he had to do. So, I, as this recording is taking place, I have not seen what has taken place on SmackDown. Okay? SmackDown probably already aired. I'll probably mention it right at the end of... Uh, right at the end of this episode of the Main Event Talk podcast to get an idea about exactly what's going to take place. So up until this point, as I stated, Matt Riddle, Sami Zayn, and Kevin Owens are going to win the six-man tag and expect some dissension, expect Solo to do what he has to do. Paul Heyman is going to drop the hammer on the Usos and take him out. Now, it, it's basically simple. If the tribal chief tells Solo Sokoa to drop the hammer on the Usos, if they do not win the match, there's going to be a lot, a lot of dissension and basically having members of the bloodline go at each other. And I think that's where this story is going to go. Because let's face it, now that they're no longer tag team champions, they may not be able to get a shot at the tag team titles, and it's going to end up Sammy. It's going to end up Roman Reigns and Solo Sokoa taking on his own family, and you almost see that coming. You know it's about to take place. It's it, it's too it's way too far out there to say it's not going to happen. You know, so. I expect Matt Riddle, Sami Zayn, and Kevin Owens to walk out of the six-man tag team as winners. The bloodline to fall apart before our eyes. Solo Sokoa to take out Jimmy and Jay of the Usos from orders from the tribal, tribal chief. And Paul Heyman will be, will be a bit happy, but also a bit... Like, this shouldn't have happened, but business is business, you know? So expect that to happen at Backlash later on tonight. question. I heard the question. Tomorrow, I'm going to do my part. And all I know is, you two, you better do yours. Looking back at me, I see 
What's going on, everybody? Furman Taurus here from the Main Event Talk Podcast. And I just wanted to go ahead and tell everyone at Rich's Billiards, thank you. Thank you very much for 20 years of being a part of that bar. And here is to 20 more years of being a part of Rich's Billiards. For the past 20 years, Rich's Billiards was one of the best bars going today. And it still is happening today. Back in the day, it used to be called Theo's a long time ago. Now is Rich's Billiards, and it's still the same place that you know and love quite well. So if you've got nothing to do on any particular day that you're doing right now, why don't you head over to Rich's Billiards and come hang with a couple of friends. Go over and shoot some pool, drink some beer, take some shots, have yourself a good time. Be a part of history in every way that you can. The main event has been a part of Rich's Billiards for the past 20 years, and I plan on continuing to still do the same things that I've been doing for the past 20 years, and this place never, ever gets boring. So, if you guys got nothing to do, head over to Rich's Billiards and check out some of their big events, including Emo Night. They always have a special every single month, and they do it in spectacular fashion, and I promise you, you will not be disappointed. And if you are a sports fan, if you want to check out the NFL, if you want to check out NBA, if you want to check out wrestling, you want to check out the UFC or boxing, Rich's Billiards is the headquarters of UFC, boxing, and all sorts of sports and entertainment in any way possible. For the past 20 years, the main event has had his fun, and the main event has always run the show in every way possible, and you guys can run the show with me. I just want to say thank you to Richard's Billiards for 20 years, and we will continue that tradition every single time. Richard's Billiards, 5815 Weber, not your average heroes, the legend continues, and it is also now the bar among bars. And the billiards among billiards. I am the main event player. I approve this message. If you guys have any questions in regards to this show, all you gotta do is go over to my email address at the main event 1977 at gmail.com. That's the main event 1977 at gmail.com. And whatever question you have, the main event will be glad to put it right here on the main event talk podcast. And it could be any question that you want to ask. That's the main event 1977 at gmail.com. One more time. The main event 1977 at gmail.com. And you'll hear it right here on the main event talk podcast. Okay, so we are getting closer and closer to the conclusion of this episode of the Main Event Talk podcast. So I wanted to go ahead and talk about the 2023 draft. I wanted to get those out of the way as soon as possible just to get everything rolling in the right direction. Okay, so we know that after Backlash, at least this is what I've been told, after Backlash, the draft will take place, which means everyone on Raw will be on Raw, everyone on SmackDown will be on SmackDown, but as you'll find out later on, because there was one part of the press conference that is going to be mentioned, and I'm going to talk about it right here later on as we get this one out of the way. Okay, so let's get to these picks here, if you will. So we've got these picks from night one to night two, so you'll see who's a part of what and everything. All right, so let's start with uh, round one, um, and, and we're going by this in order here. Round one, brand pick number one, overall pick number one, wrestler, 
The Bloodline, Roman Reigns, Solo Sokoa, alongside with Paul Heyman, pre-drafted to SmackDown and post-drafted to SmackDown, so they'll remain there. Let's see, and it says here, May Tag Team and Male, oh, oh the role, okay, well, let, let's not focus on the role, we don't care about the role. We don't care about the role, and I... Okay, round one, brand pick number one, overall pick number two, Cody Rhodes, pre-drafted to to Raw, post-drafted to Raw. That's that's one part of the story there. All right, round, uh, okay, we'll we'll keep away from the rounds here if we can, because all of these are round one, okay, so let's see, so we go from... Cody going to Raw. Okay, well, actually, you know what? Let's just focus on the wrestlers that are going from Raw to SmackDown and SmackDown to Raw in the whole nine yards. We talked about the Bloodline being a part of SmackDown, were a part of SmackDown, and are still part of SmackDown. Cody Rhodes, who was a part of Raw, still a part of Raw. This one was an interesting one. Bianca Belair, who is the Raw Women's Champion, now being converted over to SmackDown. And this is going to be interesting. The belt swap, uh, the belt swap has not taken place yet, but no doubt it'll probably take place soon when the opportunity presents itself. So Bianca Belair from Raw to SmackDown. Becky Lynch will be remaining on Raw as we see it right here. The Street Profits were part of Raw. Now they're part of SmackDown. Imperium. Imperium. Gunther. Ludwig Kaiser and Giovanni Da Vinci were on SmackDown, now are part of Raw. So that's pretty interesting there in its concept. So let's look further into this, if you will. Okay, so Edge was a part of Raw, now part of SmackDown. Matt Riddle was a part of Raw, will always be a part of Raw. Bobby Lashley who was a part of Raw, now part of SmackDown. Drew McIntyre, who was a part of SmackDown, now is a part of Monday Night Raw. Now, there's a lot of speculation on the whole thing with Drew McIntyre. Is he going to be remaining with the WWE for a while? We know that his contract is, I believe, set to expire sometime within the end of the year. So there's been a lot of, a lot of talk as to whether or not Drew McIntyre will remain with the WWE or if he will unwind basically calling it calling it a day or something like that but we'll we'll keep you up to date as as we find out more information on that whole situation the OC of AJ Styles Luke Gallows Carl Anderson and Meechan Mia Yim all were a part of Raw. Now all of them are part of SmackDown. They will be permanently part of SmackDown. The Miz, Raw to Raw. Oh, God. Couldn't we just send him away to AEW or something? Annoy the people over there, please. You know, it'd be, it'd be funny if The Miz got his ass beat by everybody at AEW. <laughs> Okay, but anyways, the members of Damage Control of Bailey, EO Sky, and Dakota Kai were a part of Raw, now are a part of SmackDown. Shinsuke Nakamura. This one's a big pick right here because Shinsuke 
has been a part of SmackDown for a very long time and has never really been a part of Raw until now. So this one is a really important pick in every way possible. So seeing, seeing Shinsuke a part of SmackDown or a part of Raw now is good. Shinsuke Nakamura was a part of SmackDown, now a part of Raw. These two are the interesting ones, and I'm going to give you my take on both of these. From NXT, Alba Fire and Isla Dawn go from NXT to SmackDown, while Indy Hardwell go from NXT to Raw. Now, the reason why these two are interesting is because both of them were champions in NXT. Now, this past Tuesday on um, this past Tuesday on NXT. Isla Dawn and Alba Fire defended their NXT Women's Championships against uh, Katana Chance and Caitlin Carter, which they retained their titles. But now comes the question, are they are they going to bring the titles over to SmackDown? That's That seems to be the big question there. Now, I don't think... I don't think that Shawn Michaels is going to strip him of the titles unless... Unless he has to in any way possible, in any capacity, shape, or form. So, I'm guessing that until the right team comes along to take the tag team titles, Alba Fire and uh, Alba Fire, Isla Dawn will still hold on to the tag team titles and will be... Well, I don't think they'll defend them on... I don't think they'll defend them on SmackDown, but I, I think that's just a... Uh, it's a call. I don't, I don't know how this is going to work, but we're going to see how all this plays out and everything else like that in the next few weeks to come. Now, as far as Indy Hardwell goes, we know that she is now... She's part of Raw, and she is the NXT Women's Champion, and she had to relinquish the championship for several reasons, obviously. Uh, one of them is the fact that she's going to Raw, and that's going to be good. So now this leaves the opening for every woman, from Roxanne Perez to... Uh, Tiffany Stratton to J.C. Jane, Gigi Dolan, everyone to get an opportunity at the Women's Championship. Um, And that will probably take place at Battleground uh, when we get to there in the next few weeks. So it's going to be incredible to check out. Uh, Do I feel that Indy Hardwell deserves to be on Raw? Absolutely. This uh, This will be perfect to not only reunite with her kayfabe husband... Dexter Loomis, but also to reunite with the way in several ways, if you will. Alba Fire and Isla Dawn, do I feel that they're better suited for SmackDown? Um, quite honestly, uh, and I'll be, I'll be honest with you, uh, while I'm happy that they are going to SmackDown, I don't think they're ready just yet. You know, I feel that they have just a little bit more uh, to offer in NXT, just just a little bit. I mean, I still feel that Alba Fire should be the NXT Women's Champion, in my personal opinion on things. And um, where this goes, I don't know. But I'm 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 really glad that these two are going on SmackDown. They're going to create a lot of chaos over there, and I'm hoping that in the future. And I'm hoping that this does take place. With all due respect to Liv Morgan and Raquel Rodriguez, they are the WWE Women's Tag Team Champions. I'm hoping that we'll see a feud between them, Alba Fire and Isla Dawn, thus making them the new Tag Team Champions. But we'll see that in the near future. Now, these are all the drafts that took place on Friday Night SmackDown. Now, let's see what we got here. These are the supplemental... 
Uh, night one supplemental picks from SmackDown Lowdown. Now let's see who was a part of it. Uh, Apollo Cruz, who was a part of SmackDown or was a part of NXT, now a part of Monday Night Raw. Incredible. Candice LeRae was a part of Raw and is still a part of Raw. One of the members of the way there. Chelsea Green and Sonya Deville. And the odd part about this part is Green was on Raw and Sonya Deville was on SmackDown. I kind of pointed that out to several people. Now they're both permanently on Raw. Oh, God. Dear fucking God. Dexter Loomis, a part of Raw and now continues to be a part of Raw. So that's going to be incredible right there. Hit Row. Hit Row. Hit Row. Hit Row. On SmackDown, now a part of SmackDown. That's how it rolls. This one's going to be interesting here. J.D. McDonough um, was a part of NXT, now a part of Monday Night Raw. He's basically like Finn Balor, but with a case of what the fuck. <laughs> That's just my opinion. Uh, Lacey Evans on SmackDown, still a part of SmackDown. Maximum Male Models. Ah, oh, God, I can't believe these idiots are still around here. Uh, let's see. Um, Mansoor and, and, and Taylor, where the fuck these two guys are, along with Maxine Dupree. Oh, I'm sorry. Maxine Dupree. I don't know why the fuck they said that. On Raw, now part of Raw still. Natalia, SmackDown to Raw. The Viking Raiders from SmackDown to Raw. And Zoe Stark. This one was interesting right here also. Zoe Stark, who was a part of NXT, now part of Monday Night Raw. Uh, she's someone that I, I think she's ready to go now. I think she is ready to go. And I would like to see, now that she's a part of, let's see, she's part of Monday Night Raw, uh, she's going to bring something interesting to the table, to say the very least. I think we're going to see something special in Zoe Stark uh, in, in this whole thing. I, I can't wait to see where this rolls. So, so far, these are the individuals that have been a part of this and that. That was just night one. Let's get to night two right here. Now, as you've been hearing on this episode, uh, you've heard uh, all the rounds for night two. So now let's get into what's taking place. Rhea Ripley, the first draft pick right here, was on Raw and continues to be on Raw. And she is the SmackDown Women's Champion. Once again, as we mentioned, we may see a belt uh, belt swap happens sometime soon between Rhea Ripley and Bianca Belair, but we'll see how that rolls. Austin Theory, the United States Championship was on Raw, now a part of SmackDown. And as we mentioned earlier, that Intercontinental Champion Gunther, who was a part of Imperium, is now a part of Raw. So the Intercontinental Championship will be defended on Monday night. So that's going to be good. Seth freaking Rollins on Raw and will remain on Monday Night Raw. Charlotte Flair was on SmackDown and is a part of SmackDown. It's still going on from here. The Tag Team Champions, Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn. Owens, who was a part of Raw, and Sami Zayn, who was a part of SmackDown. Now they're both officially a part of Raw, which means they ain't going anywhere. Anywhere is by any means necessary. 
The Usos, who have been a part of SmackDown for a while and are still a part of SmackDown. And it'll be interesting to see what happens and what develops between the members of the Bloodline. The Usos, Roman Reigns, Solis Cohen, Paul Heyman. We're going to see how all this fits out and everything should be interesting from there. Okay, next one. Members of the Judgment Day, Finn Balor, Damian Priest, and Dominic Mysterio were on Raw and are still a part of Monday Night Raw. Interesting there. Next one. The Latino World Order, the LWO, Rey Mysterio, Santos Escobar, Cruz de la Toro, uh, Jack, uh, Jacqueline Wilde, and Zelina Vega from SmackDown, now still a part of SmackDown. As we talked about it earlier, Liv Morgan and Raquel Rodriguez, both were part of SmackDown, now are part of Monday Night Raw, which means they'll be able to defend their tag team titles on Raw, but I believe that they'll be able to defend it on both Raw and SmackDown, but we'll see how all this rolls and everything else like that. Okay, besides that, Asuka was a part of Raw, now going to SmackDown. That's how it rolls. The New Day, oh God. SmackDown, now part of Raw. Both Kofi Kingston and Xavier Woods. <coughs> we'll see how this rolls. The Brawling Brutes. Sheamus, Ridge Holland, and Butch. A part of SmackDown and continues to be a part of SmackDown. Trish Stratus on Raw remains on Monday Night Raw. Okay, let's continue on here with the list. Karrion Cross with Scarlett, a part of SmackDown, still a part of SmackDown. Ronda Rousey and Shayna Baszler. SmackDown, now part of Monday Night Raw. L.A. Knight is on SmackDown and will continue to be on SmackDown. Bronson Reed, a part of Monday Night Raw and will be remaining on Monday Night Raw. Now, here's another NXT pick. Pretty Deadly. We're part of NXT, now we're part of SmackDown. They're going to be bringing something extremely interesting to the tag team division, I guarantee you that right now. I still think that they need more time in NXT. More time. A lot more time. I mean, these, these two, I swear to God, when you see these two, the first thing that comes to your head is Nelson. Because of the long hair. You know? The long hair, they look like a bunch of bloody twits. And every way possible, oh God. <laughs> okay, the next pick. Uh, Alpha Academy on Raw remains on Raw. Rick Boogs is going to be is on Raw, now part of SmackDown. A pop, you know what? Oh, no, 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 that's right, that's right. He was, he's been a part of Raw for a while. And we mentioned this earlier, Katana Chance and Kaden Carter, NXT, now a part of Monday Night Raw, which means they'll be able to go after the women's tag team titles, you know. That could happen. We, we could see it. Because they, they did lose, however, to uh, the tag team champions of NXT, Alba Fire and Isla Dawn. So we'll see what happens here. And the last one, and this is the one that we've been uh, waiting for a long, long time. We've been talking about this. And now he's now a part of a brand now. Former North American champion, Cameron Grimes. Cameron Grimes! There we go. I haven't said that in a long, long time. Cameron Grimes! is going to be on SmackDown. And as a matter of fact, he had a little face-to-face -face encounter 
uh, with Baron Corbin. So Baron Corbin. Oh, by the way, I know that Baron Corbin is nowhere near the list here, and I think these are the list of. Uh, we'll we'll talk about that in a moment. But there was a, a little bit of a face to face encounter between Cameron Grimes and um, Baron Corbin, which they will probably have. Uh, they'll probably be having a match on SmackDown this coming Friday, so we'll be able to check that out and see what goes down. Okay, now, we talked about the night one uh, supplemental picks. So now here's night two of the supplemental picks that took place on Raw Talk. Okay. <clears throat> Akira Tozawa, on Raw and remains on Raw. Dana Brooke, on Raw and remains on Raw. Emma, from SmackDown to Raw. Grayson Waller, oh dear God, this is bad. Grayson Waller from NXT to SmackDown, which means while we have one annoying moron in the form of The Miz, now we got another moronic jackass on another side, Grayson Waller. Oh, dear God. I mean, if you have to go to SmackDown, you have to deal with Grayson Waller. If you have to go to Raw, you have to deal with The Miz. Two annoying bitches that will just have to shut the fuck up. You just want to hit him with a chair and run him over the bread, rainbow bread truck. That's how it goes. But, eh. Okay, let's move on. Okay, this one's pretty interesting. Uh, NXT Industrial. Uh, Jinder Mahal, uh, Sangha, and Veer, Veer Mahan. Uh, from NXT to Raw, which will be extremely interesting. I think it, it's good that these three are here. And I think with... How many three-man groups we got over there on Raw? Imperium. And I think there's... Uh, oh, the Judgment Day. The Judgment Day. So, it would be interesting to see this group interact with... Maybe the Judgment Day. Maybe Imperium. I mean, we'll see. I mean, you know, let's face it. I mean, we're going to see how all this rolls out. It should be extremely interesting to check out. Okay, continuing on. Johnny Gargano from Raw to Raw. Yes, remains on Raw, and that's how it goes. Los Lotharios from SmackDown to Raw. Angel Garza and Humberto. They need to be a part of the NWO or the LWO. They really need to. They need to. Honestly, I think the LWO needs to add more rankings to their... Because we got to have more Latinos in the LWO. No, that's just my opinion. If you're gonna make this, if you're gonna make the LWO, the LWO, add some more people to your list, man. Hell, if the Bullet Club can add all these nothing happening, nobodies in there, then the LWO can do the same thing. It fits, it works. Move on with the fucking rank, shall we? Okay. The next one, uh, Nikki Cross remains on Raw. I don't think that was a surprise there. Uh, Odyssey Jones. Uh, this one was another surprise to me. Odyssey Jones from NXT now becoming a part of Monday Night Raw. Odyssey Jones was a part of the Breakout Star Tournament and where he lost to Carmelo Hayes, right? And I saw a lot of big things happening with uh, Odyssey Jones. He was injured for a while. He came back just a couple of weeks back or about a month back to be exact. And I don't think he's ready. I really don't, because we need to see a little bit more Odyssey Jones in NXT. This is my opinion. This is my thought of it. I love to see Odyssey Jones. This is, you know, if you can keep Odyssey Jones in NXT for just a little bit while longer and have him, say, become the North American champion 
or the uh, NXT champion, then you've accomplished something. I, I always feel like if a star from NXT becomes champion and is developed much better over there, then they should move on to the main roster, right? I don't think, in my personal opinion, Odyssey Jones is ready yet. I don't think he is. I think he should stay there for about another year until he's seasoned up a little bit more and until we get something out of him that will be like, ugh! You know what I mean? I mean, that's how it goes. But nonetheless, we'll see what happens when Odyssey Jones becomes a part of Monday Night Raw. Piper Niven, still a part of Monday Night Raw. Riddick Moss, this one's interesting because not the fact that he's going from SmackDown to Raw, but the fact that now we can't call him Madcap anymore. Riddick Moss, that's good. It's back... I mean, if, if, if he comes up with a new name for himself, that's good. It needs to be something with swagger, with style, or something that will fit Riddick Moss. And I think he needs to start his career over in many ways possible. Riddick Moss has got potential. Riddick Moss has got everything in, in his cap. And i like to see something different with him when the opportunity is right. Okay. Uh, next one, Tamina from Raw to SmackDown. Tegan Knox from SmackDown to Raw. And Zia Lee, oh, I like this. Zia Lee from SmackDown to Raw. Mm, love that. So those are the superstars that are being drafted all a part of Raw and SmackDown. So pretty good list so far. All right, so let's look into... Let's look into the free agency. Yes, there's a free agency. It's a long fucking list, believe it or not. Okay, it's really not that long, but let's see. <laughs> let's see how the list goes. We talked about him earlier. Um, Baron Corbin is a free agent, but is on Raw, and that's that's kind. Of, you know, I you know, you know how it goes. Cedric Alexander and Shelton Benjamin, <clears throat> who are free agents themselves, could be going to Raw or SmackDown. But let's be honest, we'll see them on Raw. Dolph Ziggler, who is a free agent, but he comes and goes on Monday Night Raw. Elias, same thing, free agent. We could see him on Raw at any time. Mustafa Ali, part of Raw, will probably remain on Raw. Omos with MVP. Um, This one's interesting because while they say he's a free agent and he's negotiating and to appear on both shows in every way possible. I think he's going to appear on Raw. He ain't going to have anything to do with SmackDown. You almost see that coming. Now, from NXT, Von Wagner, I think he's going to remain on NXT. I think he needs to he needs to bring out this inner persona to himself because we know Von Wagner is the son of, I think it's Blake Beverly, right, of the Beverly Brothers. So we need to see... There's a story developing with him. With him and, and Robert Stone. To see where this goes. You know what I'm saying? So we'll see how this goes. And Zion Quinn. Zion Quinn. Who, once again, just like any other star I would ever see. Zion Quinn is someone that has potential. Uh, he's got a, a, a lot of charisma. He's got some charisma to him. But he needs to be worked on a little bit. And he's... Needs more seasoning, needs more time. And even though this dude, he looks Samoan, he's actually from Australia, you know? Which it, I kind of find it funny. You, know, you notice that, like, Bronson Reed, you look at him and right away, 
automatically just by the hair and everything else like that and how big he is, you would have figured he would have been Samoan, right? But when he talks, it's like, oh my God, he's actually Australian. That's pretty cool. Not too bad. Samoans look Australian. Not too bad. <laughs> so anyways, I think, let's see. So those are the ones that have been mentioned that are free agents. But wrestlers not included in the draft pool. This is an interesting list here. So let's look down it. All right, so Alexa Bliss on Raw, but she's been very inactive. Aaliyah on SmackDown, who has been very inactive also. And Big E, of course, we know he's on SmackDown, but he's been having uh, some issues with his neck, but we've been hearing a lot of good progress about him. Bray Wyatt and Uncle Howdy. Interesting part of there. They're on SmackDown, but um, very inactive. But we're hearing a lot of rumblings about him coming back very, very soon. So we'll see how that rose. Oh, and uh, I got to mention this part right here, and I got to extend my congratulations here. Carmella, who is inactive because of injury, but oh, but they say injury, but it is due to maternity leave. And you guys know about the story. Car, Carmella and Corey Graves are expecting a baby. So I want to go ahead and extend my congratulations to Carmella. And not only that, um, uh, somebody else was having a baby as well. Uh, Pat McAfee's wife, Stephanie, uh, Samantha, I'm sorry, uh, having a baby as well. Um, it was posted on SmackDown or it was posted on Instagram, but uh, just yesterday, as a matter of fact. So big congratulations to Pat McAfee on being a father. Man, awesome, right? It's pretty cool. Let's continue on here. Gable Stevenson. Uh, we know that he is the Olympic gold medalist, right? And... Supposedly he's a part of Raw, right? But Gable Stevenson to me is not ready yet, in my personal opinion. He just needs to be seasoned up in NXT a little bit, or maybe seasoned up in somewhere, depending how it goes. Uh, Logan Paul, part-time contractor, so he's really, you know, he's pretty much going to show show up where he wants to. R-Truth, we haven't heard much about R-Truth in a long, long time, but he is a part of Raw still. In certain ways, we know he's he was injured when he had uh, I think he had a match with someone at NXT, and I think he lost if I remember correctly. To Grayson Waller, Grayson Waller, uh, Randy Orton, who is um, boy, one minute we're hearing that he's coming, and the next minute he's not showing up. We don't know that. Uh, Robert Roode, who's also injured, and he's going to be out for. The entire year of 2023, and he's supposed to be back until 2024. And man, man, I I miss him. I miss Robert Roode, man. If he comes back with that glorious song, I'm going to be like, fuck yeah. A lot of promise with this dude, I, I swear. Shanky, who's injured for unknown reasons. And Tommaso Ciampa, who is also on Monday Night Raw. And he has had an injury for quite a while, so we don't know when he's due back, and we're hoping he comes back real, real soon. Okay, so those are all the individuals. The only person I I noticed that was not mentioned here was Brock Lesnar. I think his name was mentioned on here. Brock Lesnar, as you guys know, is a free agent completely, so he'll be able to appear on Raw or SmackDown. I seriously doubt he'll show up on NXT. 
But nonetheless, Brock Lesnar is a free agent and he is going to show up whenever the hell he wants, however he wants to do it, and you know how that shit goes. So that's the list of everyone appearing on SmackDown, everyone appearing on Raw, and we still got several free agents to talk about. Now, we're almost going to conclude this episode of the Main Event Talk podcast, but before we do, there is one thing we need to talk about. We know that right after, right after Backlash, Monday Night Raw will begin the draft, and uh, well, not begin the draft, but begin its new era with all Raw superstars, no SmackDown superstars involved. We know that SmackDown is going to begin a new era with no Raw superstars involved. Wait. I think I said this wrong, but let me try it again. Raw is going to begin with a new era with no SmackDown superstars. While Raw, or I'm sorry, while SmackDown... Begins a new era with no Raw superstars. Okay, I think that kind of sounds a little bit better. Now, in the press conference, Triple H had talked about now that the WWE Undisputed Universal Championship is now exclusive to... Now, keep in mind, I said the word exclusive, right? Now that the championship is now exclusive to SmackDown... That leaves the new World Heavyweight Championship now exclusive to Raw. But there's a bit of an interesting, interesting twist to all this. Let me, let me get into this whole deal. To the press, let's go to the press conference where Triple H addresses the WWE World Heavyweight Championship and when the tournament begins leading to WWE Night of Champions as it happens on Saturday, May 27th. But starting... After Backlash, this Monday night on Raw, we will begin a World Heavyweight Championship Tournament. It will be across both brands. On Monday Night Raw, there will be two triple threat matches with the winners facing each other later that night to determine a winner for Monday Night Raw. That Friday on SmackDown, the same thing will happen. Two triple threat matches will take place those winners will face each other at the end of SmackDown to determine a winner there. Those two winners from Raw and SmackDown will then go on to Night of Champions, where one of them will be crowned the new World Heavyweight Champion. Okay, so you just heard what Triple H has just mentioned about the press conference, about the title tournament so if i'm getting this correctly i may have to look back into this one more time but if i'm hearing this correctly the tournament for the world heavyweight championship that is exclusive to raw is going to feature stars from raw and stars from smackdown now so far this is a bit confusing so there's going to be a triple threat match on one side, one triple threat match to take place on Raw, and another to take place on, well, okay, well, two triple threat matches, I'm sorry. And the winners will face off against each other to crown one winner, right? One winner from Raw, and then another winner, you know, same thing with SmackDown, they're going to have a triple threat match there. Uh, for one and two, and then whoever, 
you know, whoever wins the two triple threat matches will meet and face off against each other and until there's only one winner. So it'll be one winner from Raw, one winner from SmackDown. Now, whoever wins from Raw or SmackDown will be the new World Heavyweight Champion. Now, here's the thing. If a SmackDown superstar wins, I think this kind of makes sense, but it's still kind of confusing because of the way this is being portrayed. If a SmackDown superstar wins the Raw champ, the the World Heavyweight Championship, then who who if he's on SmackDown, then now he remains on Raw with the World Heavyweight Championship. Now, this is where the confusion comes in. Okay. I can understand if it was four, count them four, count them four, triple threat matches. Here's what I'm saying. You get three individuals, you get three individuals from Raw, put it together. Three more, put it together. You get those two to move to the next tournament and have them face off against each other the following week. Now, you start off with two more triple threat matches, but get the ones that didn't, that were not eligible, and add a few more superstars to make two more triple threat matches, right? And if those those individuals win, one of them on each of the triple threat matches would come out, and then they would face off against each other the following week. Thus, having one opponent on one side, and another opponent on another, on Raw... And those two will meet at Night of Champions to become the new World Heavyweight Champion. And all of that is exclusive to Raw. I think that sounds a little bit better than what they're putting off. Because listen, if Raw, if Raw's WWE World Heavyweight Championship is going to be exclusive to Monday Night Raw, then do yourself a favor and get all of those individuals involved on Monday Night Raw that you drafted. Yes, sorry, son of a bitch. I mean, it's... it's <laughs> uh, what's the old expression? It's not rocket science, you know. <laughs> but it's interesting. I mean, we'll see how all this turns out and everything. We'll, we'll find out in the weeks to come to see how all this turns out and everything else like that. So, guys, before we leave... Before we go, there's one more thing we got to do, okay? One more thing. And we need to go ahead and get this out of the way because it's been a while and we haven't done it. And we're going to get right into it. We got one last piece of business we got to take care of right here to conclude this episode of the Main Event Talk Podcast. Let's get to the wrestling news with Mike Sempervini. Mike, take it away, my man. Arcadian Vanguard presents The Wrestling News in your daily wrestling newscast for Saturday, May 6, 2023. Good morning, I'm Mike Sempervivi. We begin with last night's go-home edition of WWE SmackDown broadcast live from the Coliseo de Puerto Rico in San Juan, Puerto Rico. The main event saw Rey Mysterio and Zelina Vega of the Latino World Order beat Dominic Mysterio and Rhea Ripley of Judgment Day when Rey pinned Dominic. Judgment Day attacked Rey after the match, but Bad Bunny made the save, leading the rest of the LWO down to the ring. 
Damage Control attacked Bianca Belair during an in-ring promo segment earlier in the show with Raquel Rodriguez and Liv Morgan making the save. Like always, the numbers game is just too much valiant effort from Bianca Belair, but Damage Control is out to cause damage. Always spoiling for a fight. Raquel and Morgan going after damage control. In other results, Shinsuke Nakamura defeated Karrion Cross. The Street Profits beat Imperium, and the Good Brothers went over the Viking Raiders. The show marked the first time WWE has presented one of its weekly TV shows in Puerto Rico and only the second televised WWE event ever held in Puerto Rico after the 2005 edition of New Year's Revolution. In more WWE news, Paul Levesque laid out the tournament plans to crown the new WWE World Heavyweight Champion yesterday at the Backlash press conference in Puerto Rico. But starting after Backlash, this Monday night on Raw, we will begin a World Heavyweight Championship Tournament. It will be across both brands. On Monday Night Raw, there will be two triple threat matches with the winners facing each other later that night to determine a winner for Monday Night Raw. That Friday on SmackDown, the same thing will happen. Two triple threat matches will take place. Those winners will face each other at the end of SmackDown to determine a winner there. Those two winners from Raw and SmackDown will then go on to Night of Champions, where one of them will be crowned the new World Heavyweight Champion. The press conference also featured an angle which included Damian Priest and Bad Bunny in which the two got physical and had to be separated by Levesque. Priest and Bunny are scheduled to meet in the ring tonight at Backlash. AEW presented a taped edition of Rampage yesterday on TNT featuring matches recorded last Wednesday at the CFG Bank Arena in Baltimore. The show was headlined by The Firm Deletion, a cinematic match staged at the Hardy Compound in which the Hardy Boys Hook and Isaiah Cassidy defeated The Firm when Matt Hardy pinned Ethan Page. It's a shame, under different circumstances, we could have been great friends. Goodbye, Ego! Ethan Page getting battered by everyone, and now Jeff Hardy ascends to the top! One ton bomb! Matt Hardy covers! Two! Three! And the yeah. has been deleted! Earlier in the show, TBS champion Jade Cargill took her undefeated streak to 57-0 with a quick win over Gia Scott. In other results, Mark Briscoe pinned Preston Vance, and the Lucha Brothers and Iho Del Vikingo defeated QTV in the opener.
In WrestleMania news, it was revealed yesterday by Burke Nahill, president and CEO of the Tennessee Titans football team, the WWE has committed to bringing WrestleMania 43 to Nashville's Titans Stadium in 2027. Nihil made the comments during an appearance on FM station 104.5 The Zone. This would be the first time WrestleMania has come to the state of Tennessee. Titan Stadium is expected to open in 2026. Turning to Japan, Dragon Gate ran the Aichi Perfectual Gymnasium for their Dead or Alive 2023 show yesterday, which featured four title tilts. In the main event, Madoka Kakuda upended Shun Skywalker in 23 minutes and 16 seconds to win the company's top title, the Open the Dreamgate Championship. Kakuda pinned Skywalker after delivering a rolling lariat. It was the only title to change hands on Friday, as Jason Lee retained the Open the Brave Gate title, defeating Dragon Dia. Keno and Shuji Kondo topped Kai and Ishin to retain the Open the Twin Gate tag team title, and Kota Minora, BB Hulk, and Ben K held on to the Open the Triangle Gate trios title, defeating Kizi, Big Boss Shimizu, and Strong Machine J. And in news from outside the ring, the death of former WWE Tough Enough winner Sarah Lee has been ruled a suicide, according to a report from TMZ Sports. The Bexar County Medical Examiner reportedly released an autopsy report indicating Lee had ingested a lethal dose of pills and alcohol on October 6, 2022, and it was revealed that a suicide letter was found at the scene of her death. Lee also was found with bruises and abrasions on her head and body with a report indicating that she may have sustained the injuries in a fall while in her intoxicated condition. Lee was the 2015 winner of Tough Enough, earning a one-year $250,000 contract. She was released by WWE after the contract expired in September 2016. And before we leave you today, we'd like to remind you that however you consume your content, you can find the wrestling news 24 hours a day and seven days a week across social media. On Twitter, follow us at Wrestling News AV. Our Facebook page is also Wrestling News AV. The Wrestling News can also be found on the Arcadian Vanguard YouTube page. And for those who utilize Amazon Echo devices, just tell Alexa to play the Wrestling News podcast. And remember to make sure you add podcast at the end. Once again... For daily updates, breaking news, and more, follow the wrestling news across social media. And that's the news for today. If anything happens, we will be here to tell you about it. No clickbait, no paywall, just the wrestling news. The wrestling news is a division of Arcadian Vanguard, and the wrestling newscast is a production of the Arcadian Vanguard Podcast Network. Thank you very much, Mike Sempervini, for the wrestling news. As, he's, as he always says, no clickbait, no paywall, just the wrestling news. And as he mentioned earlier, subscribe to the Wrestling News Podcast uh, as you can on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever it is you find your favorite podcast to listen to some of the latest wrestling news going on in the world of professional wrestling from the WWE to AEW to Impact Wrestling to New Japan and the whole nine yards. The wrestling news will give you that and much, much more every single day. Subscribe to it. Listen to it while you can. Guys, 
That's going to do it for this edition of this episode of the Main Event Talk Podcast. It was an epic return, and it is exactly where it needed to be at. And guys, the backlash begins tonight. And also, there's a lot of other things that we need to check out as well. Not just WWE Backlash. UFC 288 is tonight. We're going to check that out. Of course, Canelo taking on Ryder. That's going to happen as well. Uh, I believe over here in Corpus Christi, Buck Days begins. The weather is looking pretty good right now. No rain to detect and everything. So that means that everyone is going to be prepared to check out the parade as it happens. Uh, we always have our Buck Day parades every, every, I think almost every time. When Cinco de Mayo comes around and everything else like that. So it's going to be good to check out. I know several of my friends have already had their reserve, <clears throat> sorry, reserve parking ready uh, to check out the parade and everything. We're not going to be able to see the parade because we're going to be too busy here checking out the boxing, checking out the UFC, checking out Backlash. And you know how that shit rolls. So to everyone that's uh, checking out the parade, please be careful and have yourself a good time. And, you know, just remember, guys, I, mean, I don't know how... It's been a long time. I've not been to the parade in a long, long time. And, um, you know, not that I'm clamoring to go. It's just, you know, I, you know, I'm not clamoring to go. So be safe, guys. Have yourself a good time and everything else like that. And as always, follow the main event on Twitter at twitter.com slash at main event player. You can also follow me on Instagram at instagram.com slash at main event player. And if you want to be my friend on Facebook, proceed at your own fucking risk. And to all of you that have been uh, subscribing to uh, or have been following me on the main event thoughts on my reels on Facebook, check them all out while you can. And also I want to thank all 98 followers that are following, following me right now and checking out everything. I hope you check out several of my backlash reels because, you know, every time when I, every time when I put these reels together, I go ahead and not only do I put the matches out, uh, in every way possible. I also give it a different theme song. Because like I said, while the WWE goes ahead and puts together one theme song, which it, it's Bad Bunny, so that's okay. I mean, I'm not going to promote that. I want something hard. I want something heavy. I want something that's going to hit. And sure enough, uh, the song we're about to play in just a moment will be the decisive part right there. So hope you guys like it. Hope you guys listen to it. Follow me on my reels and everything else like that. And also... To all of the new subscribers out there, subscribe to the Main Event Talk podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and on the Spotify for Podcasters. You know, it used to be Anchor. Now it's called Spotify for, uh, Spotify for Podcasters. So, you know, subscribe to that in every way possible or wherever it is you find your favorite podcast. And also... Big shout out to Conscientious. If you guys had a chance to listen to the live song that was on this episode, I hope you have enjoyed it. And if you've not heard it, go back and listen to it again. I'm hoping you enjoy it. Big shout out to the Conscientious and everything else like that. Thank you for listening. I will see you next week with another great episode of the Main Event Talk Podcast. May is only beginning and we've got a lot more to come. Cinco de Mayo is out of the way. The fourth. May the 4th be with you is out of the way. We still got a lot of stuff to cover in the next few months leading up to the end of May, including Double or Nothing, and including Impact Wrestling, and of course Night of Champions to take place on that same month as well. Thank you for listening, guys, and I will see you next week. Why? Because I can and I want to. Any questions? 
enough said. WrestleMania is over and the backlash begins.